Flyover Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From his undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. Donald Trump has hijacked the nation's previously nonpartisan Fourth of July celebration. Is this just norm-defying, or is there anything dangerous about it? It's just obscene. And the speech is going to be dreadful. They're going to have their Confederate flags flying and their license plates and all kinds of troublemaking. You will hear criticism of his critics. You will hear um, a celebration of self. There'll be a lot of other people who are going to meet like in a storm, and you're going to have a real conflict. There's all kinds of catastrophes. They're not sure if the bridges over the Potomac can handle the tanks. He's turning a traditionally nonpartisan event into a Trump-focused campaign-style rally. Sure looks like a partisan re-election rally on public space. Donald Trump's campaign rally in Washington paid for by the American taxpayer. A campaign event. Some kind of a campaign speech. A political rally. Partisan event. Combination Trump rally and Kim Jong-un style military parade. The president's vision bears a closer resemblance to the chest-thumping displays put on by authoritarian regimes. This is the kind of military display that we were used to seeing from the Soviet Union. I'm thinking Red Square, um, North Korea, Egypt. The hope for violence would be, of course, treasonous. Not to expect it would be naive. And welcome back to Flower Politic Podcast. It is the 11th of July, year of our Lord, 2019. Yeah, we're going to close out the parade. A lot of U.S. women's national team today. Some more violent left. Got a lot of sound bites. A news and social media nuggets. And a closing on This Is America with uh, Biden starring today, which is, <clears throat> I don't know that's sexier. Not sexy. I, you know, I want to make it quick on the parade, but there's so much stuff still going on. I had to kind of encapsulate it since we did our last podcast on the 5th, and then everything broke after that with some more things. But I, I didn't instantly go to, you know, our brave firefighters. Because I kind of wanted to save it for today and see what was the best. Jim Acosta, right during the speech, fact check, there were no airports during the Revolutionary War. The Wright brothers achieved the first successful airplane flight on December 13, 903, according to the National Park Service. That was a revised one of the first one instantly because he didn't know all that extra shit. He said, fact check, there were no airports. Dan Bondingo, fact check, there are no journalists at CNN. Somebody else said, there were ports. He misspoke. Everybody else started saying, well, how about them 57 states? Or you can keep your doctor. You can keep your plan. That was never fact-checked. Then we had rain. We kind of covered it before, but I didn't know it was such a big meme with the left. Ted Lou, more proof that God has a sense of humor and karma is real. Will Summers. It stopped raining on the 4th of July for about five minutes. Now pouring rain is back. Some people are leaving and forecast calls for lightning and thunder. Michael Moore. More of this base getting soaked. Just not right. Come in for the store, my fellow Americans. We will give you universal health care, free college, and a secure paper ballot to vote on. And Anna Navarro. Mother Nature despises them too. Somebody shot back at her. Well, I guess that says a lot about California. They had two earthquakes. 6.4 and a 7.1. But the general synopsis is it was horrible. He misspent money. 
and the usual characters just couldn't handle Trump doing something that they didn't want him to do. Alexander Kaiser Cortex, you know she's going to go back to the border. Trump spent millions on poorly attended one-day parade, which is not true. It wasn't poorly attended. After saying he didn't afford toothpaste and soap for cage-killed children, did he ask Congress for military parade? Nope. Trump held these kids hostage, secured billions from their abusers. Congress needs to see that. Others, sorry, definitely a poor Photoshop. Blather skites. Mark, is that Photoshopped? Because a real journalist did it. Josh Whedon, we have a racist fascist president using armed thugs and law enforcement and legal militia to keep us cowed and hopeless, and he'll take the 2020 election by armed force and blatant treasonous criminality, and that's just us now. We're the country with the concentration cap. So happy fourth. Did they already prep them because they know all their candidates are so extreme it's really going to be hard for normal people to vote? And there's a lot of he's going to keep it by force. He's already stealing the election. Why is it when Republicans win elections, they always stole it, but Democrats who bust voters didn't steal it? You know. Billy Eicher. Eichner, sorry. Apologies to the rest of the world. Their leader, leaders are vile international disgrace. L. D. L. Hughley. I used to like this guy. Trump finally got his tank and military jet festival, but rain drenched the tepid attended event. Tepid. There was 100,000 people. Billy... Baldwin, got no problem celebrating a great men and women in uniform. My dad was a Marine. My problem is with lying, pussy-grabbing, draft-dodging, listed-all, dickhead. Uh, Dan, some other motherfucker. President Trump's 4th of July military parade is authoritarian performance arts. Another one, looking forward to the parade today with Soviet tanks. It just goes on. It was just really huge. I mean, it's just huge. Want the opposite of a joyous July 4th D.C. Patriots? See jaded Washington Post reporter. And Saturday Washington Post was time for another one of those features exploring the strange world of the Trump fans, in this case the people who are happily squeezing the mall in Washington for the salute to America. The Post turned to writer Dan Zak, who sounded like a perpetual snark machine. The online headline was, Evening in America, what it felt like on Trump's 4th of July. He expressed amazement that people were happy as he began. From the president's vantage point, his supporters looked like they were in cages. Their fingers curled around chain link, bellies smushed against butts. When their knees gave out, they sat on ponchos and muddy blankets of square wet cardboard. The air, scented by sodden socks and bug spray, sagged with humidity. When the breeze picked up, so did the sensation that everything was sur- surrounded by a battalion of toilets. It was difficult to move to escape, but then no one was trying to do so. They were grateful to be there, soaked by hours of drizzle, hugged by lazy heat, waiting hours and hours. The president invited them to express their love of country in maze of corrals on a truly crappy day of weather, but they didn't feel like prisoners of pomp or slaves or circumstances, but jubilant pilgrims, thrilled to be counted as citizens of the most just and virtuous republic ever conceived. As the president put it, a post-correspondent being required to cover an American love an event full of Trump fans and then a concert at the Capitol must f- make them feel like a prisoner of pomp. Ooh, people are waving flags here and they sing along with flag songs. Gross. Zach eventually vomit, will eventually vomit at the patriotism, but he wanted to sound jaded about both sides of the event. 
jubilant majority in the leftist fringe. The United States has turned 243 years old, which is adolescent for an empire, at least when compared with Rome. This might explain the national mood swings and infatuations, the cliques and clumsiness and tendency to bully or be bullied. Might be explained why the 45th president wanted to fly a series of loud machines over the mall and why his haters wanted to fly a blimp of him as an infant, diapered and cranky. The blimp was inflated but never flew. The feds told their leftist blimpers that they could not float their balloon. Democracy dies when grounded. Trump happy lesson in America history had to be mocked as infantile nationalism with a soup con of draft dodging. The president who loved to veer off script stuck to it. He talked about Lewis and Clark, Thomas Edison, blah, blah, blah. A thousand feet... To his left, beyond the moil to the war he avoided, with five draft deferments, was a statue of Albert Einstein who said 90 years ago that nationalism is an infantile disease. It is the measles of mankind. Zach is sounding like he trapped in the cage with Woody Allen's new age gurus like Deepak Chopra. Earth to Dan. Read this, please. And they linked him to a patriotic thing. And perhaps acknowledge that America took Einstein and made him a citizen of Satan from the Nazis. Zach managed to find some Kona... Co- Q Anon goofballs at the event, one with the shirt that said Trump JFK Jr. 2020, which is not meant to be inter- interpreted as a literal chicken, he said, but as an occasion to liberate your mind from the usual parameters of, of life and death and space time continuum. He concluded by enjoying how the leftists were screeching through the annual PBS cons- concert hosted by John Stamos and infuriated the mega crowd by a portable statue of Trump sitting on a giant gold toilet. A handful of protesters blew whistles until their faces were flushed pink. They held signs that called attention to militarization, to the crisis of the border, to the precarious state of the rule of law. They were blowing whistles to puncture the picnic vibe, to signal that America was in crisis, and the empire was not maturing but devolving. That wasn't the worst. Salon. Big turnout for Trump July 4th. What do you think it's from, boys and girls? Sexism? Xenophobia? No, it's racism. Yeah. Don't forget this, Trump fans are loyal and stuck with him through the 4th of July crowd. The grim determination of the July 4th crowd was more terrifying than any Nuremberg-style spectacular could have been. Oh, we got a Nazi reference. What this has always been about for the Trumpers is making a stand for white supremacy and male domination. What drives the Trump base isn't actually Donald Trump himself, it's the bigotry. Everything else is gravy. He's incoherent, he rambles, his audience often appears lost, confused, not especially interested. That's true at every single mega rally, it was true at Thursday night's evening in Washington. It's about those who wish to impose their vision of white supremacy and male dominance on America they fear might actually be starting to live up to its values of freedom and equality. It's about trolling liberals by hijacking a site famous as a symbol of anti-racism for their authoritarian message. Mm-hmm. Then Ilhan Omar, don't worry, Patriots out there, I'm going to play I'm going to play Tucker today because he's getting hammered, but I agree everything with him. Ilian Omar, complicated American story. The U.S. is the country that saved her and the country that has too often disappointed her. Oh. An issue wasn't a piece of legislation or election. It was something bigger, a battle over the American story. Who was entitled to tell it and how it would be told? In Omar's version, America wasn't the big-hearted country that saved her from brutal war and bleak refugee camp. It wasn't a meritocracy that helped her attend college or falter in a college. Instead, it was a country that had failed to live up to its founding ideals, a place that had disappointed her and so many immigrants, refugees, and minorities like her. I grew up in an extremely unjust society, and the only thing that made me f- my family excited about coming to the United States was that the U.S. was supposed to be the country that guaranteed justice for all, she told the high school students. So I feel it's necessary for me to speak about that promise that's not being kept. 
And so, on this morning, she decided to share the story of American racism, cruelty, and injustice. Happy Fourth of July, motherfuckers. <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> you knew it. <laughs> you heard the sound bites in the opening. Veterans slam a middle of activists to put out burning American flags. Skirmishes break out. My flag, motherfuckers. <laughs> I love this shit. Uh, let's read some mall Twitter. It seemed a group of activists wearing revolutionary communist party shirts, but they're not the fringe, folks. They are Americans. It's you who are the fringe if you live in the heartland. Group of activists wearing revolutionary communist party shirts can be seen brandishing burning American flags or suddenly dangerously close to several of the activists. Suddenly a man in a red sleeveless shirt make America great again shirt plows into a few of the protesters, knocking them to the ground, and people yell out in alarm, Whoa! Someone exclaims. The man in the manga shirt then grabs a flag, which has been dropped on the ground. When he's burled into the activist, he managed to put out the flag. Another man in a mega hat and suit joining him at that point. The man in the red shirt with the Daily Caller notes is also wearing Marpot, Marine pattern bucket hat, and has a U.S. Marine Corps tattoo on his shoulder, then rushes back towards the activist and shoves one of them. The activists then circle up again, chanting, America was never great. One woman shoves the veteran in the back and yells, Get the fuck out of the country, man! Yeah, you defended it, but you need to fuck off! The man continues to yell, declaring, declaring, my flag, motherfuckers. Sir, are you a veteran? Nelson asks. Yes. Semper Fi responds. Part of his Marine Corps tattoo. His follow-up report for the Washington Examiner, Nelson notes that at least three of the American protesters were detained by Secret Services, among them a famous flag burner. The Secret Service detained flag-burning activist Gregory Joey Johnson, at least two allies in the aftermath. The agency says two men have been charged. They've done so many flag burns. It wasn't the only flag burn. All over fucking Twitter, you had great shit like this. Summer speak. Burn, burn, burn. Fourth of July, anarchism. America was never great. She got a big flag. She burned it. She thought she was so fucking edgy. So here's another soundbite of the flag burning. And then we're going to go into a soundbite. MSDNC literally afterwards said the event wasn't that great. They were disappointed. Oh, really?
on Twitter, Tom Nichols, yesterday to say now the and least. Then. <laughs> now and then. You were actually calling the speech Soviet-like yesterday. And it's interesting because I was actually um, on the air with Colonel Jack uh, on Wednesday night, I believe. And he basically said, we are a non-tank country. Yeah. We don't have to display our arms. We don't have to display our military because we know the power and breadth of our military. Countries like Russia, countries like North Korea, that's what they have to do. And you, are on, on Twitter, you called it Soviet-like yesterday. Well, I spent a good part of my life studying the Soviet Union uh, and going there and watching their rituals and, and their norms and manners. And, you know, when he... I mean, it was a flat, uninteresting speech, except the moment that made me cringe is then he turns to the Secretary of Defense and the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs and says, OK, now step up here with me, which is the personification of the military might of the United States in one military officer and one civilian. And I thought it was really inappropriate. Uh, I thought it was just wrong, and it looked kind of, you know, top of the reviewing stand wrong uh, for me. It was also sold very strangely. It was sold as a massive parade, but then it kind of turned into him just introducing aircraft flyover, which for the President of the United States seemed just kind of out of place, where he's kind of giving you the very brief history on this helicopter and then stepping back. And Yeah, it was almost like an, he, it's like he was announcing in an air show. Yeah. Um, uh, it certainly wasn't the big Bastille Day thing that had entranced him enough to do this. Right. And, and, uh, or what we've years. seen from the likes of Kim Jong-un in North Korea either. Right. And that is where this all started. It was, was he went to Bastille Day, said right. this is really great, we should do something like this. And he's, he's a production manager. I mean, he put, on a, he put on a show. Look, if you like Trump, it was a great show. I don't have any particular problem with the military. Uh, we love our military, but as Tom says, it's just that he cast himself, he's central casting, puts himself next to it, and it has this, this cloying uh, sort of effect. Sweet Jesus. 
Hey, Al Razor gets us the opposing view. Don't worry, it's brief. Then we'll move on to the U.S. Women's National Team, which the media is still jerking the fuck off to. Fourth of July parade is too costly, but there's plenty of money for every person who illegally crosses our border to have taxpayer-funded health care. Really interesting concept. You know, it's another thing that it brought up. Me and the wife were driving, and, and it was a rare time she wanted to listen to my podcast, so I put uh, the last one, I guess it was the fifth one, and we started talking, and I think it was both of us kind of came up with it at the same time. So I want to give Gigi in Tennessee some credit for this one. If we're not supposed to reproduce, you're not supposed to have grandkids to force your parents to turn into fucking liberals. And then there's a whole, if you have a kid, your carbon footprint's 2,700 round trips to Europe, and you're killing the planet. Then why should we in America let everybody to come the fuck in? Shouldn't we stop people? Because we're the worst violators. I mean, China lives in a smog bank, but somehow we're the worst. That's what they say. Well, white people are the worst. Black people don't use electricity, don't drive cars, they don't do anything. It's just white people do it. <laughs> I'm being sarcastic, folks. Um, but why would we let everybody in? We should be decreasing our footprint by killing people. We should take people go to jail, kill them. I mean, that would be their logic. If too many people don't have any more people, we need to be getting rid of people. We all need to get, oh, don't worry, there's another AC article, New York Times this time. Uh, maybe we shouldn't let people in. I'm just saying. I mean, it could be me. I don't know. And then there's Ash Shao. She looks like she's Oriental. And she's female. And she wrote an article. I want to run through it really quick. I went to the 4th of July celebration in D.C. This is what it was actually like. Going to see speech at the Lincoln Memorial was kind of a last-minute idea. The thunderstorms came in, blah, 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 blah. But by 4.30, the thunderstorm was decided. It was still raining, but not enough to skip an event like this. We had to do something for Independence Day, after all. Umbrellas in hand, we took an Uber to close. Well, we walked a couple blocks, State Department, when a police officer told us the massive line pointing west was ticket holders. The massive line pointing east was general mission. We stood in line for general admission for about a block until the chain link fence opened up. Security personnel checked my purse, and we were into the grassy area surrounding the reflecting pool. Most people who entered with us headed east towards the Washington Monument. We headed west for the Lincoln Memorial. The closest we could get was about halfway between Lincoln and veteran, Vietnam Veterans Memorial, just to the east of the Henry Bacon Drive. It should be noted that throughout our walk from the State Department to Lincoln, we saw numerous people carrying Make America Great hat. Again, hats are carrying Trump flags. No one was hassling them. Several people were selling hats or visors, and one entrepreneur was selling T-shirts that said Donald fucking Trump 2020 on the front and don't fuck with the U.S. on the back. As with any political event, the doomsdayer preachers were out. At least three men with large signs represented repentance strapped on their back and reaching high above their heads screeched their message through megaphones just inches from those of us waiting in line. From our vantage point behind a barrier and unfortunate situated trees, a chain link fence, another chain link fence, we see part of one of the large screens and half stage. I should have brought my binoculars. In our area, there were maybe a couple hundred people. I'm bad at estimating crowds. These people cheered to the present speech, which could be kind of here from where we were. It was at this point I decided I would write this article. Chance of USA, USA broke out in an impromptu moment during the speech. The source of the chance came from a few people near a protester had a baby secured to his back and a large cardboard sign about climate change. He was yelling over the crowd, which drowned him out with their chance. Eventually, police came to escort the man away as the crowd cheers. I was surprised to see so much open support for Trump and D.C., a tiny city that voted 90.9% for Trump in 
for Hillary. People traveled to the district just for an event. Like one man who said he made the decision to drive up around 2 a.m. that morning. I spoke to Jude Campbell, traveled with her husband from Ohio to visit her daughter who lived in Northern Virginia. Campbell and her husband were both Trump supporters. Asked why they support Trump. She said, I believe America's great. We should be reinforcing that. The daughter said she didn't support many of Trump's policies or the attitude she displayed towards women in the past. Still, she went with her parents to get a close to get as close as they could to the president's speech. We didn't see the massive crowd around the reflecting pool stretching to Washington Monument until we were leaving. We stayed to take a video of Air Force One and B-2 bomber and Blue Angels and multiple military helicopters flying overhead. We saw the baby Trump balloon, the dump Trump protests are, but mostly we just saw Americans celebrating America, regardless of political party. Interesting you didn't get that from any other source. I couldn't find a lot of articles I was there. Because they didn't want to go. They rooted for rain and failure. Because as we'll see as we go into the U.S. women's national team. Where they stomp on the flag. The media media really loves to hate America. And promote people who are so fucking un. American. But, I mean, I meant with all the inflection and all of the sort of attitude that it gave with it, um, I meant all of it and, and every word of it. Um, I, so I, now if you, there, I mean, if, as far as we know, as far as I know, there is not an invitation from the president to the White House. He had said later on, well, uh, you know, he'd, he'd, uh, he'd criticized you, um, but said that win or lose, that uh, he'd said that you should win before, before you talk and that win or lose, your team would be invited. There hasn't been an invitation publicly yet. Would you Would you go? Would your teammates go? Um, I would not go, and every teammate that I've talked to explicitly about it would not go. Um, everyone that you've talked to? Everyone that I've talked to, yeah. I don't, think, I don't think anyone on the team has any interest in lending the platform that we've worked so hard to, to build and um, the things that we fight for and the the way that we live our life. I don't think that we want that to be co-opted or corrupted by this administration. And, and going to the White House would be, in, in your opinion, risk co-opting or corrupting your, your message? Yeah, I think so. I think it's, it's an opportunity uh, for this administration to sort of put us on display as their, um, you know, sort of guest for the day. And I don't think that that makes sense for, for us at all. Um, I can't imagine any any one of my teammates would want to be put in that position. Um, there's there's so many other people um, that I would rather talk to and have you know meaningful conversations um, that could really affect change in Washington than going to to the to the White. You you do not see it as disrespecting the flag or or the anthem. I do not. No, um, I think that protest is not comfortable ever. Um, it's it's going to make people uncomfortable. It's it's going to um, you know force people to look inwards and um, question you know everything they thought that they knew. Um, it's not convenient. It's it doesn't feel good really for anyone. Um, even in those moments kneeling, um, those were you know some of the most crazy personal moments that that I've ever had. Um, but that's what it takes. Progress is hard. Those the moments kneeling were were difficult for you. Yeah, it was. It was. It was just people's reaction, or Um, a little bit. Yeah. Um, Obviously, knowing you know, especially after um, the first time that I did it, um, you know, knowing how angry people were, um, 
but it also it, it was difficult and heavy, but I, I had this immense sense of pride and responsibility in, in doing that. So I think that's where the strength of, of doing it a number of times came from. I, I think I read something you said. A good chance the president is watching this interview or will watch this interview. What, what is your message to the president? Oh, message to the president. Um, I think that I would say that your message is excluding people. Um, you're excluding me. You're excluding people that look like me. You're excluding people of color. You're excluding, you know, Americans that um, that maybe support you. Um, I think that we need to have um, a reckoning with um, the message that you have and what you're saying about make America great again. Um, I think that you're harking back to an era that was not great for everyone. It might have been great for a few people and maybe America is great for a few people right now, but it's not great for enough Americans in this world. And I think that we have a responsibility, each and every one of us. You have an incredible responsibility as, you know, the chief of this country um, to take care of every single person. And you need to do better for everyone. The idea of make America great again, if it means going back to an America from the 40s or 50s, uh, that's an America where you could be imprisoned uh, for being gay, where you could be sent by your family to a, a mental hospital where you could not walk down the street uh, holding hands with your loved one or I could not walk down the street or go dancing or, or anything. It's yeah. it's interesting how different people view things through a very personal lens. Um, and, and as you said, maybe don't walk in the shoes of other people who, you know, did not have rights in mm -hmm. a, a past halcyon America. Yeah, it, it was um, not a great place for a lot of people. It was a very oppressive place. Um, and that's not to say that it was the worst place in the world. Um, I think that's a, one of the things that um, a lot of people go to. No one's saying that they want to leave America. But I think as as one of um, the great countries in the world and for, for sure we want to see ourselves as that, um, we need to constantly look within and challenge ourselves to be better so everyone else can be better around us. Do you, uh, I know you've been invited by, I think, uh, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, I think uh, Nancy Pelosi. Shout out. Shout out, Shout out AOC. <laughs> so does that mean, is that an invitation you're taking up? Nancy Pelosi has said, you know, you're, uh, you'd be welcome to a bipartisan congressional thing. Um, do you plan on going to Washington in one, one way or another? Yes, definitely. Um, and I think even just in the conversations with the teammates that I've had, I think everyone is interested in going to Washington. I think we've always been interested in going to Washington. Um, this is such a special moment for us. Um, and to be able to, you know, sort of leverage this movement and talk about the things that we want to talk about and to celebrate like this with um, the leaders of our country is an incredible moment. So yes to AOC, yes to Nancy Pelosi, yes to um, the bipartisan Congress, yes to Chuck Schumer, yes to anyone else that um, wants to invite us and have a real substantive conversation um, and that believe in the same things that we believe in. In the moments immediately following the final whistle, you get that USA, USA chant, but equal pay, equal pay along that same cadence. Yeah. I think fans want to know what they can do to support that fight. Fans can come to games. Um, obviously, the national team games will be a, a hot ticket, um, but we have nine teams in the NWSL. You can go to your league games. Um, you can support that way. You can, um, you know, buy players jerseys. You can lend your support in that way. You can tell your friends about it. You can become season ticket holders. Um, I think in terms of, of that, that's the, the easiest way for, for fans to get involved. Mm -hmm. When you say sit this one out, you meant that you would not go to the White House if invited. 
No, absolutely not. Um, I refuse to respect a man that warrants no respect. And, um, you know, I feel like staying silent, um, you know, at times can side with the oppressor. And I, I didn't want her to feel that she was, um, you know, kind of having to process this all alone because a lot of us do have those similar feelings. And I wanted to make sure, um, as one of her close friends, that, you know, she didn't feel that. To be wrong. But she looked me dead in the eyes and said, nope, not happening. And this is a player who we know wasn't happy about being on the bench. The conversation needs to move from, you know, are we worth it or should we have equal pay? What can we do now? How can FIFA support the federations? How can federations support uh, their players better? How can the leagues um, support their players better? Um, for all the fans and people, good morning, America, everybody, go watch your team. Watch the national team. Watch your local club teams. Uh, I think that there's a part in this for everybody to do. Uh, and I think we've really left the old conversation behind us, and now it's time for that action. The you guys have action. Is incredible. We took so much on our shoulders to be here today, to celebrate with you today. And we did it with a smile. So do the same for us. Please, I ask you. New York City, you're the motherfucking All right, so there's Megan Rapinoe, and that's live TV, everyone. Apologies, we cannot control Megan Rapinoe's speech uh, before a crowded city hall. There's a lot to unpack. They're whoring her around, CNN, you heard her talking about what America is and isn't, how bad Trump is, how bad America is. Her during the parade, her here, her there, her everywhere. As I've been saying on Twitter, she's in about four minutes got about four minutes left over 15 minutes. They'll find somebody else. They always do. But the flag stomping, I'm used to people getting on TV and saying, fuck Trump, fuck America. Especially her age group, you know, she's a young chick. She's a lesbian. They are just indoctrinated that America sucks dog shit. I mean, it's just fucking horrible. But there was a girl who's also anti-American, holding the flag during the celebration. She went to hand it partially to this Rappaho. Rappaho swatted it, so that girl wanted to be cool like Rappaho because she's getting so much FaceTime. I mean, seriously, I'm sure a lot of them are like, oh, fucking shit, man. I got to be like her so I can actually get on fucking TV. She throws the flag on the ground. They do some kind of weird-ass, we're-so-fucking-awesome celebration, and they stomp the flag. And then another player comes in and rec rescues the flag. It's a whole other thing, too, because she's a lesbian. So then the media try to play that reservatives weren't supporting her. But even though I go on Twitter, there's so many people going, great for this girl, and I don't remember her name. We'll, we'll read it in a second. But this is the American team. They are the representation of America, the media is saying. And that's what they do in their celebration. And during this entire time with Ann Marapaho, all she does is talk about herself. And politics, by the way. We need to be inclusive, except you other motherfuckers, is their general line. The rest of you just fuck the fuck off. 
Jonathan T. Gillum was the one that pushed it. He's a seal. You should be disturbed by this unpatriotic, narcissistic behavior. Rapaho is neither a hero or a role model. I rewound and watched the entire celebration on the field. Rapaho didn't want anything to do with an American flag before she stomped it. Epoch Times. Amazing disrespect. Video shows U.S. women's soccer team letting American flag drop to the ground. A video showing the U.S. women's national soccer team letting American flag drop to the ground while celebrating the World Club women has gone viral. Sparking a backlash against players appeared to let the flag drop and praise for the players and rush to pick it up. Team won World Cup. Who gives a fuck? One player holding a flag dropped it on order to participate in a specific celebration with Captain Rappa fucking Ho. Sorry, my computer's acting weird. There's a lot of updates from Windows lately. Allie Long, the player, was holding the flag in both of her hands. Rappa Ho got close to her and appeared to push the flag away. Long transferred the flag to her left hand, then back to the right before Lena dropped the ground. Another player rushed to grab the flag off the ground as Rappin' Ho and Long and a third player faced fans and celebrated. This player was identified as Kelly O'Hara. Some social media users praised O'Hara while criticizing Ho and Long. Glad Kelly O'Hara knows the do's and don'ts of the American flag was around to grab it after it was casually dropped on the ground for a dance. Thank you for being alert, wrote one user. Kelly, you're the hero we needed. Added another. Among those criticizing letting the flag drop to the ground were Navy SEAL Jonathan Gillum and John Teagan, a U.S. Marine who survived Benghazi. Should be dispar- disturbed by this unpatriotic, narcissistic behavior. We just read it. Gilliam wrote, what should be an amazing occurrence is hijacked by the clown show to promote disrespect. So brave, added Deacon. I know you gave a brief to the girls on proper flag etiquette, Allie Long. I know dragging it on the ground and throwing it down like it's a piece of paper isn't part of that. It's not hard to hand it off a celebration, he added. Your coaching staff or trainer are there to take it. Damn amazing disrespect for photo op. Thank you to, I think, Kelly O'Hara. Jeremy Ballou, glad Kara Helen knows the do's and don'ts. Caleb Hull, Hull, refused to go to the White House, throws flying on the ground, props to their teammate for picking it up. Mike Thomas, and just like that, no one gives a shit about the women's soccer team again. <laughs> Congrats on alienating half the country that put food on your tables. A.R. Lynn Weaver, Kelly O'Hara, thanks for picking up the flag. Allie Long, you dropped the flag on the ground at the World Cup in front of the world just so you can raise a cheer with Rapaho who doesn't respect our country. Shameful. Kelly O'Hara can cuss... Drowning a Budweiser will hold the World Cup trophy as the new American flag. People did that. Daily Caller. Allie Long, ho, drop American flag. They did a whole thing on it. And the media totally ignored it. Now understand, why would you be surprised? They didn't do this for themselves. They're doing this for social justice. You know, America's sexist, racist, transphobic, homophobic, xenophobic, and phobophobic. And... Oh, we don't get paid enough. I mean, if I read another tweet about, hey, we need to pay and fucking de Blasio, I'm going to pass a law, you got to pay. Men's World Cup gets $6 billion. Women's World Cup is like $2 billion. Anybody need to do math? Do you have math on the left? Does anybody own a calculator? I know iPhones have a calculator. Maybe you should do some math. Because the reality is women's soccer is not a big deal. As I was telling everybody yesterday, because I the, the Twitter moments, as I've said on every podcast, I know we're getting repetitive, uh, Megan Rapahoe takes a dump. I mean, everything's a Twitter moment. They are milking as much as they can this dude chick, because remember, once again, she wants to be genderless. They're milking her as far as they can, because she's anti-Trump, anti-American, that's their shtick. 
And literally, folks, literally, Twitter moment after Twitter moment, look at the brave, firefighting, fucking Megan Rapahoe. Women need to get paid now. Dada, dada, fucking dada, dada. And nobody literally goes, hey, soccer is a 7% sport in America. That's the latest polls. 7% of this country say soccer is the shit. That's about as much, that's, that's double almost gay people in America. But just like gay people, they're pushing it like we all wake up every morning and go, my God, I hope the U.S. women's national team wins. Because then I win. No. We don't give a fuck. We don't care about the World Cup. Nobody gives a fuck. Normal people don't give two fucking shits of the men, the women, the its, the trannies. If a bunch of goddamn beagles go out and play soccer, people probably will watch. There's probably more people watching the Westminster Dog Show on Thanksgiving than watching the fucking World Cup. People don't give a fuck about soccer. But I had so many, oh, this is a great moment for America. And then when I slap them with fucking the pole, they're going to shut the fuck up and run away. Because it's not true. Nobody cares. As stated, we wouldn't even know who these people are if they didn't hate Trump. And Megan Rapahoe was a Baptist married to a preacher with 55 kids that she adopted from Ethiopia. And she was interviewed, are you going to go to the White House? And she said, oh yeah, I cannot wait to meet the president. I really like the president. My family and I really support the president. Oh my God, to be a Twitter moment. Megan Rapahoe doesn't like black people. Megan Rapahoe believes gay people are evil. Megan Rapahoe once was in a church that was related to a church that was 7,000 miles away that had somebody in there that once said, maybe we should do conversion therapy. Get to there. I mean, they don't do it. They just said, maybe. Those would be the Twitter moments. But now, Megan Rapahoe, she is the American flag. I mean, that was, that's a tweet. It's viral. She swatted the fucking flag and then stomped on it. So how is she the American flag? Well, maybe she's so narcissistic because this chick really loves herself. There's another video of her going, I deserve this because it was her, not the team, just her. She's Megan Rapahoe. So maybe she really believes she is the flag. But the media ignored this. The only article I could find was Newsweek. Some conservatives are now angry at Megan Rapahoe because she dropped the American flag. Those piece of shit Americans. They're upset because she dropped the flag. What the fuck? She won the World Cup. She can burn the flag. QWERTY. Trump fans adopted soccer star Kelly O'Hara as their hero. Then they watched her kiss. A chick. Because she's a lesbian, too. The whole team's lesbian. But everybody already knew that. But nobody gives a fuck if she fucking... If she fucks kills, nobody cares. She saved the flag. We're not intersectional. We don't go, well, I like that person for protecting the flag, but they fuck goats. So I, I can't say anything. 
It was just a subject. That one subject, she's the bomb. So the gay chick over at USA Today, more opinion, at least they marked it opinion because they got criticized that most of the stories weren't opinion. U.S. women's soccer team personified America at its best with World Cup Championship. And then the whole article is White House and even her older stance on not singing the national anthem and putting her hands on her heart. Trump finally did tweet. Trump, Trump, Trump. So Morgan took the critics of the goal celebration to task for their not-so-subtle sexism. The Americans were celebrating each other, something very evident as 12 players not on the field and coaching staff stood with arms each other. And the final seconds ticked down, swaying, encouraging, blah, blah, blah. And Rappaho stood by everything she said and done. She delivered a passionate defense of her patriotism, an explanation for her protest, then took FIFA to task for abysmal treatment in the women's game. And for good measure, she quieted critics with goals, all four of the U.S. goals, the first two knockout games, and the ultimate game winner Sunday. She won the golden ball, the tournament's best player, and the golden boot is the top scorer. She's the best teammate someone could ask for, Morgan said. She has an incredible tournament, just a testament to her self-confidence, self-belief, the true person she knows every single day with us. She showed the world they all did, really. The inflagable drive, the belief that hard work, and la-da-da-da-da, we're going to do a ticker tape in fucking New York, we're the bomb! Sports SB Nation, Megan Rapahoe. I won't sing the National Anthem ever again. Editor's note, where we posted this story for June 12th and other recent articles of special interest for Independence Day. <laughs> We're bringing up somebody who says the flag is a piece of shit for Independence Day because we want clickbait. We want liberals to go, I want to read that article because I hate the flag too. Her exact quote was, I'll probably never put my hand over my heart. I'll probably never sing the National Anthem again. She added, as walking protests when it comes to Trump and the administration because of everything I stand for. What do you stand for? All I know is gender-neutral lesbian who wants equal play as a female. You're confused, Rappahoe. If you're genderless, then we should be just same pay for everybody. Not for women. Yet women come out of your mouth. But you're not a woman. You're a dude chick. That's what you say you are. Megan Rambo furious over men's final schedule. That was like 85 articles. That was a fucking AP. Megan Rambo on Sunday triple feature soccer finals is ridiculous and disappointing. Objectively be gone. Trans SB nation writer on open fan of U.S. women's soccer team's queerness. Whole nother article. They're queer. They won, which means that everybody should be queer or something. BuzzFeed, lesbians won the World Cup. Opinion, I'm not proud of this country's curtailment of human rights, but I'm proud of Megan Rappenhoe and her team for demanding better. So are they good soccer players or protesters? There was cartoons for Megan Rappenhoe, her kicking a goal and knocking out FIFA and corporations and Trump. She did all that. Watch the score goes. A static Atlantic. Rappenhoe is her generation's Muhammad Ali. Oh, really? You know, I wrote a lot of tweets like that. Why? It, there was a story about somebody went to New York and said, dude chick, on a bunch of posters, because everybody's jerking off with both hands to fucking Megan Rappenhoe. I think I like 75 retweets. Why is this a problem? She says she's a dude chick. She's genderless. ESPN body brings her and Sue Bird or lesbian wife out. 
Dude, I'm a dude. I wish I had Megan Rapaho's body. She's cut. She looks like a dude. She doesn't have breasts. She dresses like a dude. She acts like a dude. She's a dude. So people calling her a dude chick is somehow offensive? No. She's only a woman when she wants to argue for women's stuff and then go back to saying that I hate soccer because they don't, they gender us. We shouldn't be gendered. The only funny thing I could find, because everything is so serious about Megan Rapahoe, she is the flag, she is America, you will hear articles in the next week as her 15 minutes start to fade, they're going to have people run up and go, you need to run for office. And Megan Rapahoe, who she's supposedly old now, I don't know her age, but she's getting on and now she won't be able to compete with young kids, even though this entire team got beat by seven-year-old boys a year ago, that's all over the internet. They're going to run her for office. You watch. She's going to be a senator someplace or a congresswoman, and they're going to say she's the most qualified candidate ever because she went on a big stage and talked about social justice shit that she read off Twitter. R.M. Huffman did bring some funny into it. He's got pictures where they memed her into all these different situations, and it goes a little something like this. Megan Rapahoe is a Cracker Barrel. She's asked to see the vegan menu. She has been informed by her server that there is no vegan menu. She wants to see the manager. Megan Rapahoe at a supermarket. She's looking for organic cashew butter. She can find organic peanut butter. She can find a single brand of almond butter. There does not appear to be any cashew butter whatsoever. Megan Rapahoe would like to speak to manager. Rapahoe is at a Beyonce concert. Beyonce has not yet sung Survivor. Rapahoe knows that Survivor is a Destiny's Child song, but she was hopeful. She will not stay for the encore. Traffic leaving will be bad enough. She wants to speak to the manager. Megan Rapahoe is at a GameStop. She bought an open FIFA 2018 yesterday, but realized that she actually wanted 2019. She has been informed by the cashier that she cannot return, but may sell back for partial credit. She likes to speak to the manager. Rapahoe is at a zoo. Especially came to see the Okapi. The Okapi enclosure is empty. The only zoo employee she could find thinks that maybe the Okapi is inside because it's too cold. But she isn't sure, so Rapahoe wants to speak to the manager. Rapahoe is at a casino. She's never been to a casino before. She spent $10 and quarters on a slot machine. She has won nothing. She understands the nature of gambling, but still finds her lack of winning very suspicious. She wants to speak to a manager. And it goes on. Face app. The, my favorite was this one. Megan Rapaho is using face apps. She know she would like to use gender swap to see what she would look like if she were a man. Unfortunately, face app recognizes her as a man and offers to show her what she would look like as a woman. She looks the same. Megan Rapaho is at the airport. Oh, I'm sorry. I fucked that up. She, yeah. You get it. There it is. Brad Palumbo wrote this article. I've only found three of these. It's all concerned media. Everyone who's soccer hero, Megan Rapo is actually kind of awful. And I'm not going to read it, but it's, it's true. She's just fucking awful. She's a fucking hateful bitch. She's a bitch. I can do that. It's like calling a dude a bitch. She's a dude bitch. So I can say bitch. She's fucking horrible, dude. I have never seen... The last time I saw this much idolatry for an individual... It was fucking Obama. And I literally did a couple tweets and got likes for saying, how on the intersectionality store scorecard is this bitch getting so much goddamn prop? She's a white lesbian. That's the only check she gets. She isn't technically a dude. Now, if she was a tranny lesbian... Because I think they still call that lesbian, even though she's a chick that dressed like a dude... I could see two points. Okay, she gets a one for female. But I thought 
person of color lesbian was the big show. But there's no black women on the fucking soccer team. I don't anybody say anything about that. Not a lot of minorities on the soccer team. Isn't that racism? Ah, guess not. They hate Trump. Fucking shit. Just, I, I gotta cover it because it's just non-stop. If you have a Twitter account, you will go in and you'll hit your little app and then you push a little fucking magnifying glass to see what's hot. And somewhere in there is a Megan Rapahoe story. She is the greatest thing that's ever happened to America. She personifies America. She's giving speeches to sound like all the other speeches I've heard from fucking other zealots at a fucking women's march. But she's eloquent. She's articulate. She wears really cool glasses. And she dresses like a dude. And I'm supposed to say that's America. When, once again, she hates the flag... She disrespects the flag. She disrespects half the fucking country. And her only claim to fame is that she hates Trump. I mean, I guess she's a good soccer player. But nobody really thinks of her as a soccer player. They think of her as resistance persona. I don't get it. But I think majority of Americans are done with Megan Rapahoe. As I said yesterday, it's four minutes left. By the weekend, it'll be three. Mark my words. The only thing you're going to hear in the future about Megan Rapahoe after she does her media tour, Dog and Trump and America and the flag and fucking Betsy goddamn Ross. They're going to try to push her to run for office and they'll find their next American hater to prop up, push down your neck, and then call you a sexist, racist, xenophobe, homophobe, transphobe, phobe-phobe. Because you don't get it. Do a music break. Today we're doing Disturbed. Sorry, I was left yesterday to go feed the cats at 6 in the morning. The stray cats we talk about. And uh, this song came on. Fucking love this song. I haven't heard it in a long time. So we're going to do freaking uh, Disturbed for music break. And we're going to go into our violent laughs. Great montage today. It's going to be a little bit long. This is all the shit's on Twitter. Just on Twitter. Now remember, we couldn't find people that beat Andy and NGO. Media don't show anything negative about Antifa because there's nobody recording it, supposedly. This is a whole lot of fuckhead. A lot of fuckhead in this soundbite. See you on the other side.
Yeah, I have every right to say what you want to say. Yeah, it's been a long, hot day. 
my recommendation is you choose which way you want to walk. All right, cool. All right, let's go. Let me just tell him. You follow me? Yeah, you're good. Let's go. Thanks. Yo, you look too healthy to be a Trump supporter. All the others are okay. Excuse me. Are you Joey Salad? Hey, Joey. Hey, you ugly, Joey. I mean, they're just keeping us safe, so it's it's good. It's good. It's good. I'm upset because I was having a discussion with somebody. I have a couple questions. Hey, I was curious about, they just escorted you through, they wouldn't let anybody ask any questions. Yeah, I don't even know why. Okay. Okay. They decide they're not willing to have a conversation at all. And Dude, you walked away. They're not having a conversation. You walked away from us. You can, you're welcome to have a conversation. No, but he's just blatantly lying. No, the he police, is, he's, he's blatantly lying. lying. He's, he's called out. Lying. I was there. The, the police escorted me away. He was like, are That's you not true? This is it. This is You see it all on camera. I was talking with somebody. Police escorted me out. But the left-wing agenda belief of it is... Conversation. Come up here and have a conversation. Talk with us. Talk with us. Come up and have a conversation if you want to talk. This is a conversation. Come on, Joe. Joey, you're so cute. Joey, you're so cute. Mike's the seal children. Yeah. Can you let him talk? We're having a conversation. I'm sorry. See your way out. Maybe I might become a fan. Probably not. So anyway, honestly, I'm trying to do my best to ignore you. You guys going skiing today? Don't put your hand on me. Don't put your hand on me. You put your hand on me again, it's going to be a problem. Ain't no problem. Why? They shouldn't be a problem. This is America. I should be able to talk and walk wherever I want, right? Isn't that what you guys stand for? For the freedom and, st and no government and all that bullshit, right? No, we're building a right? wall. Right? We're building a wall. Dude. You, you, don't but you don't weigh enough, little boy. You You're much. underage, dude. You're underage. Hey, somebody get this child out of my face, please. Motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, so you anyways. You got your hey, 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 don't touch me. Hey, don't touch me. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. Let's go. 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 What do you think? I mean, most of these people here are Cubans, Latinos. The mainstream media says they're all white racist Trump supporters. So, I mean, does this fit what the mainstream media tells you? Who are Trump supporters? Yeah. Of course, that's a certain element of the Trump supporters. Ignorant. They're illiterate. They can't read. They can't assess. All they do is watch Fox News. That's their whole experience. And know that they hate Cuba and Castro. It's ridiculous. Do you, do you support Cuba? Yes, I do. Even though they're communists? Yes, I do. I'm a socialist.
Bueno, pues continúa la situación de violencia ¿Sí? en el puente de Xuxiate 2. Este puente que une a México con, con Guatemala. Ahora se nos encuentra como ver cómo algunos centroamericanos empezaron a querer tirar la valla metálica y bueno, continúan. Acerquémonos para ver. So the media pretty much ignored 
everything at DC. Will Witt, breaking him with Antifa, destroying the streets of DC, and please push it back against them. Retweet and show who the true fascists are. Big thanks to the law enforcement here in DC for keeping everyone safe. Benjamin Alvarez, Antifa protesters try to break through the police corridor cordon at 12th Street, Pennsylvania Avenue. Quick response by DC Police Department, demand free speech. Old Sarge there is 10 hours in his shift and nowhere near a coffee pot, and it's just not in the mood for your shenanigans, youngins. And he just slammed this dude. It was awesome. Julio Rosas. There are the rules for members of the press in order to go inside the all-out D.C. rally, which is the Antifa side, one that stuck out. Please avoid publishing any potentially incriminating photos or video footage. And this is actually a flyer that these fucking simpletons put out. And the problem... As I raise my voice, sound like a politician, is that the media cover this. I mean, literally, this is what the media is doing. They are, at the end of every one of these, they abide this. And then Twitter goes and takes shit down. Because it's violent. The rules. Please avoid taking pictures or videos of people's faces without their explicit stated consent. Please ensure that you have explicit consent before capturing auto recordings or direct quoting interviewees. Be aware that photographs or videos can be used as evidence in court. Please avoid publishing any potentially incriminating photos or video footage. And be prepared to maintain your journalistic integrity if your raw footage, unpublished photos, or notes are sought through a subpoena. Certain areas of the permitted area are flagged as no filming or photo zones. Refrain from filming in those areas. Members of the media refuse to comply with these reasonable guidelines will be removed from the permitted protest area. Media liaisons are marked with orange tape. If you have any questions or need help arranging interviews, please work with them. That's why you don't see anything on TV, boys and girls. This guy put it up. We've seen one before. It wasn't this intensive. But that's why you don't see nothing. They're abiding by anarchist rules. So they don't put out anything. I mean, think of a concern. Think of the Proud Boys put this out to the media. CNN would run it. They would run that shit. But all that crazy you just heard. None of that is on major news. They're not covering that. Atlantic. Conservatives conjure up liberal support for Antifa violence. That's an article. The attack on NGO is evidence of a serious left-wing violence problem in America. Antifa, they argue, is a group of street thugs that have repeatedly attacked journalists and poses a genuine threat to public safety. The fact that the left tolerates Antifa or even celebrates them is proof of a serious rot. Ted Cruz said. I pray for the full and speedy recovery of any NGO, writes Kevin McCarthy. The hate and violence perpetuated by Antifa, blah, 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 blah. But according to a second narrative offered primarily by less well-known left liberal writers and social media accounts, the mainstream media is getting it all wrong. NGO is not an innocent victim. 
but a far-right sympathizer who has doxxed Antifa members in the past, potentially facilitating the harassment and provokes them so that he can broadcast the results. The outpouring of sympathy for NGO in this account is evidence that the mainstream media is falling for NGO's grift, funding money to its patron, legitimizing right-wing smear campaigns, and got a group that's working to protect people from the threat of violence from groups like the Proud Boys. That's in the article. They're, they're serious. You think that's bad? Antifa names and mugshots published by California police in disturbing move. Police in Berkeley, California face a backlash after the department posted photos and names of more than a dozen Antifa activists on Twitter following their arrest and a chaotic far-right rally. The Berkeley Police Department said it arrested 20 people on Sunday. No to Marxism demonstration. Booking, I'm sorry, demonstration, booking many for possession of a banned weapon or for working with others to commit a crime. In the hours after the rally, police had published a list of the names of protesters online while sharing the photos, names, residential areas of individuals, protesters, in separate tweets. Lawyers and activists working with the demonstrators told the Guardian newspaper that most, if not all, of the protesters arrested were Antifa counter-protesters rallying against the alt-right event. This is very disturbing. Vina Dubal, a University of California law professor who previously worked as a Berkeley Police Review Commissioner, told the newspaper. The law professor also warned that police departments should be risking that could be risking the safety of protesters by sharing their identities on social media. They're making it really accessible for folks who might wish these people harm. That's a fucking article. We've had doxed fucking shit on ICE, police officers, conservatives, fucking Tucker Carlson. And these pictures, illegal, dude check, illegal, 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 dude chick, a dude, there's just one dude, that kind of surprised me, he, he looks pretty normal, dude chick, lesbian, 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 I actually researched, that's that's out of the 20, these are counterculture people, they fucking hate America, but they have the audacity to say, oh you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't dox people, CNN's docs people. Regular, normal citizens who put out wrong speak on Twitter. It's fucking amazing, man. I mean, it's literally amazing. I, I just, I, I just once again want to say Tea Party. That's all I'm going to say. I say in every podcast. I know it's repetitive. Tea Party. Tea Party were a bunch of fucking racist pieces of shit. They wouldn't cover any of the protests. It'd be 100,000 people on the mall. They'd ignore it. And now they just protect these people. And here's my question. These people are supposed to be protected, but this next fucktard, you're not hearing his name on TV, Starbucks boots police officers because customers did not feel safe around them. Some police officers in Tempe, Arizona, say they were asked to leave a Starbucks coffee shop on the 4th of July because a customer complained they did not feel safe with the cops present. Coroner reports, five officers were drinking coffee in a Starbucks location prior to their shift beginning with the barista asked them to move out of the compl- complaining customer's line of sight or leave. 
The Tempe Officers Association wrote in a series of Twitter me- messages. Rob Ferraro, president of the police union, told Fox 10 of Phoenix that such treatment of police officers seems to be happening more often these days. It becomes accepted to do not trust or see police and think we're not here to serve you. And again, it goes back to we take great pride of the level of customer service we provide to citizens to be looked at as a feeling unsafe when you have law enforcement around you is something perplexing to me. The police union also posted a series of Twitter messages about the incidents. This treatment of public safety workers could not be more disheartening. While the barista was polite, making such a request at all was offensive. Unfortunately, such treatment has become all too common in 2019. This treatment of public safety was something. Uh, the union said it did not blame the Starbucks corporate office, adding it looked forward to work collaboratively with them to important dialogue. Early Friday, the union tweeted a parody of the Trump Starbucks logo with the words, Dump Starbucks, and the image of a hand dumping the contents of a coffee cup. Don't appreciate Starbucks asking Tempe cops to leave their establishment. Yesterday, okay, this is the same thing. Uh, well, the barista was, okay, this is their actual tweet. Uh, a statement from TOA of the July 4th incident, treatment of officers. Yesterday, in Independence Day, six Tempe officers stopped by a Starbucks at Scottsdale Road in McClellan, McClips for coffee. The police officers paid for the drinks, stood together having a cup of coffee before their long 4th of July shift. They are approached by a barista who knew one of the officers by name because he's a regular at the location. The barista said that a customer did not feel safe because of the officer's presence. The barista asked the officer to move out of the customer's line of sight or to leave. Disappointed, the officers did, in fact, leave. This treatment of public safety workers could not be more disheartening. While the barista, blah, 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 at all was offensive. Unfortunately, with such treatment has become all too common in 2019, we know this is not a national policy of Starbucks, but blah, 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 blah. Let's work together and fix it. The comment came back from Starbucks. We want everyone in our stores to feel welcome. The incident described is not indicative of what we we want any of our customers to feel in their stores. Yeah. that's That didn't make big news. Nobody really fucking cares. They, they're good with that. It's, you know, oh well, fuck them cops. They killed somebody once somewhere that we think was killing, but actually they had a gun in their hand. And then Business Insider, to keep us up to date's biggest story, visit Business Insider. Home Depot co-founder Bernie Marcus plans to donate to Trump 2020 re-election bid. In response, social media users coined the hashtag Boycott Home Depot. Richie Holland, Home Depot shoppers, if you're anti-Trump, boycott the store and cut up your card. Founder Bernie Marcus wants to donate. Abraham Warsam, I just purchased some stuff yesterday, some tools. I went back and just got a refund. They asked me what was wrong with the merchandise. I told them to go fucking ask your white supremacist CEO. Refund my money right now. I'm, I'm sure you did that, tough guy. Joe Pegs boycott Home Depot is trending because one of the founders decided to donate to Trump. You know Home Depot that can hire more people now because of this economy? Yup, that's how dumb the left is. Tara Dublin, hey, HGTV, this is another one of your sponsors. Please just go with Lowe's. Marco Rubio, in just seven days, we've decided that Betsy Ross flag is offensive to kick police officers out of Starbucks, boycott Nike again, Starbucks again, and now Home Depot, and to lick ice cream in a grocery store and put it back in the freezer. Has everyone gone crazy? I'm not covering that story because I watched it. Um, but so have you. Yeah, it, they have gone crazy. Kicking them out of Starbucks. Me and the wife, now we're not going to Starbucks. I'm going to Green Bean. I'm just done with it. Why anybody would think that's okay, but they do it all the time. Look at Philadelphia. After that, they had fucking EO classes and told them all the racist. 
because some black guys were told to fucking leave. The cops came in and told them to leave, and they said it was racism. And if we boycotted every goddamn thing that donates Planned Parenthood to Democrats, you wouldn't be able to buy anything in America. But that's the left. And then we had another. You, you think they get, like, tired of it, but they fucking don't. I mean, it's just un-goddamn believable. Ben Smith. Some thoughts on what happened at Hill Country. Another mega hat harassment. I live downtown only a few blocks from White House. Every day I see hundreds of tourists walking through my area. Yes, they can be annoying that walk on the wrong side, stop randomly to take pics, and don't know how the metro works. However, they bring a lot of money and much-needed revenue to the city. A few days ago, I sat down to grab a quick bite before heading to a housewarming party. There was an extremely kind family of four sitting near me. They were extremely nice to me when I asked them to hand me something down the counter, two boys and their parents. When they left the restaurant, they all put on their manga hats and began walking towards the White House, and for some reason, I began to worry about them. There was no reason to, but I did. I had heard them talking joyfully about being in our nation's capital and what it meant to them. They were excited. For some reason, when they walked down and put on their mega hats, I had a lump in my throat as I feared that someone might say something. I then quickly brushed it away. Now that the Hill Country incident has happened, I would like to make one thing clear to my fellow D.C. residents. Yes, we live here. No, None of us agree on everything. But this isn't our city. This city belongs to everyone in the United States. This is the transient city. It belongs to the nation. So yes, you may disagree with your visitors, but they have just as much right to be here as you do. So treat them with the same respect that you know that they would treat you. The people visiting are a vital source of both economic stability in the city as well as add to the uniqueness and diversity. I don't want to be afraid for that wonderful, kind people who were some are doing a once-in-a-lifetime visit to come back from our amazing city feeling like they don't belong in the best symbol of freedom in the world. They shouldn't have to fear being here due to politics. And I'm ashamed of my fellow city dwellers. Want some proof? Alyssa Milano. Imagine being a proud supporter of a political party which is anti-immigrant, anti-woman, anti-LGBTQ, anti-gun safety, anti-health care, and anti-fair elections. You have a distinct choice. Choose hope, love, peace, unity, quality, vote accordingly. She's serious when she types that. And journalists retweet it. Specifically, I share a story in today's newsletter about my decision to unfriend someone I've known since high school over a decision to wear a mega hat. I gave her a choice, and she chose the hat over me, Zach Ford. Somebody said it sounds like a great choice. My final words to her were, every time you wear the hat, you remember you lost a friendship over it. Every time. I know for sure I'll know, think of her every time I see a mega hat, and I'll fear it's corrupting power ever more than it used to. Zach Ford. Want another, want another example? Pam Keith. You can't support a Trump. You can't support Trump and be a follower of Christ. It's one or the other, but not both. Those who claim otherwise are seriously deluded about at least one of them, and likely about both. Can't be a Christian. Mm. Then we get the country hill. After confronting a diner and mega hat, customer gets tossed from Hill Country Barbecue. Good for this business. Public relation contractor previously worked for the DNC. 
said that he was kicked out of a Hill Country barbecue market after he confronted a diner wearing a Make America Great hat on 4th of July around 8.30 p.m. after President Trump had given a speech at the Lincoln Memorial as part of the Salute to America program. But before the nighttime fireworks display, T.J. Helmsetter headed to Hill Country, a Penn Quarter restaurant that has been one of the favorite stops. In a text message interview Friday, Helmstetter said that he and his partner and three other people found the place packed when they arrived. We just walked in when I saw a guy sitting by the bar with a mega hat. Helmstetter wrote, I said, hey, are you from D.C.? Now, the tweet they published, guy wears mega hat at my favorite restaurant. I say, hey, are you from D.C.? He says, no. I say, we don't tolerate racism in this city. His girlfriend then physically jabs fingers into my chest and starts threatening me. Management tells me to leave. Not woman who assaulted me. That's a WAPO article. That's what they published. Here's what I found. Spotted two separate tables of people wearing mega This is all him. This T.J. Hemstetter motherfucker. Hemstetter, yeah, whatever the fuck. Wearing mega gear at Hill Country WDC. Disgusting Hill Country clean up your act. I've been patronizing you for 10 plus years starting the Oak. Don't serve Nazis. Hill Country Barbecue wasn't having it. Tossed the hater out for harassing this customer in the mega gear. Just got thrown out of Hill Country, D.C. for standing up to a Nazi. Don't go there ever again. They support Trump and Nazis. Guy wears mega hat. My favorite. I say we're tolerating. Management tells me to leave. Not woman assaulted me. Just called the manager there, and his answer was, we are an equal opportunity restaurant welcomes all political viewpoints for hanging up on me. Cool. Except mega hats actually make clear that POC and LGBT are not welcome at all. Oh, does it? Really? Is that what it says on there? And for the record, the Nazi girlfriend assaulted me by jabbing fingers into my chest repeatedly. And I simply backed up, yet I was told to leave, not the Nazi or his Nazi girlfriend. They're Nazis. Other tweet. To be clear, it's the Nazis' First Amendment right to wear racist shit in public. And it's decent people, 1A right, to tell me they are racist pieces of shit. He exercises 1A right, and I exercise mine. Hill Country Barbecue management chose to protect the Nazis, right? But not mine. Back to the little article. Apparently, getting mercilessly mocked for more than 12 hours wasn't enough a clue that he would quit. Okay, this isn't the article. I'm sorry. This is the other article I found that actually breaks it down. He then says, hilariously, that right-wingers consistently do not know what free speech is. You'd have the right to say or wear whatever offensive shit you like. And decent people have the right to call you out on it. That is not censorship. That is robust shit speech. Okay. So when I see somebody with uh, hope and change, you're a fucking communist. Would that fly? So the article, now that I've fucking jammed it in the middle, uh, comes over. I'm sure I said more things. Don't remember that Helmstetter texted, but he cursed at the woman. I'm from New Jersey. I'm sure I did. I might have said, get your fucking hands off me or something like that, he texted. That's when Hill Country manager told Helmstetter, but not the target of his ire to leave. On Twitter, Helmstetter said that the Hill Country chose to protect Nazis, but rights, but not mine to dine at the restaurant. Helmstetter then walked outside and called a Hill Country manager who supported his staff's decision to boot him. In the cold accounting of Twitter, Helmstetter's comment was getting ratioed, meaning his tweet had received more negative replies than likes. By Friday afternoon, before Helmstetter made his account private, which they always do when they get caught, his tweet had garnered nearly 2,300 likes compared with nearly 5,000 comments, many of them negative. Critics said Hill Country made the right call. They considered Helmstetter the aggressor and the intolerant one. 
Here are some of the tweets they did include. Around the corner from Hill Country and knew the owner. have no idea what his politics are, but I do know that he probably wouldn't tolerate someone harassing people in his restaurant. You know the way you did. Nate Madden, you didn't stand up to a Nazi. You harassed a guy for wearing a hat you don't like and called him a Nazi because he doesn't agree with your politics. You threw a hissy fit, made a scene, and got asked to leave. Ben Smith, the guy we actually did, now that the Hill Country has happened, I would like to make one thing clear to my fellow D.C. residents. Yes, we live here, but it's not your city. The city belongs. So they actually covered the one I found. Leah Morgan, Chief of Staff for Hill County Hospitality, emailed to say managers work fast to de-escalate the situation. The bar at Hill Country, where confrontation between customers led to the ouster of one. Last night, our management team overheard a very loud verbal altercation in our bar area. When two of our managers approached the area, they observed one of our guests being hostile towards another group of guests. Our team was simply trying to prevent a physical altercation, as they trained to do, and asked the guests yelling at the group to leave the restaurant. There was nothing more to it from our team's perspective, and the incident was handled appropriately to ensure guest safety. Such confrontations have become common D.C. restaurateurs who've had to navigate the choppy political waters of Washington during the Trump era. And the recent past protesters have targeted members of Trump. Phone lines get tied up. Hill by country, by contrast, has been mostly lauded online for its efforts to cool down a heated confrontation. Helmstetter texted that he felt compelled to confront the mega hat wearing diner. He added that progressives and any concerned people who think that we shouldn't cage brown children in American concentration camps should respond vociferously to these people at every opportunity, but these people often respond vociferously, Helmstetter Twitter feed and private message inbox, were flooded with comments, much of it questioning his manhood and recommending that he get therapy. Some even suggested that he was lucky to come out alive after confronting a Trump supporter in a barbecue joint. The blowback came so fast and furious that Helmstetter decided to make his Twitter account private. He's now deciding whether he will ever go back to Hill Country, a business that he has supported since even before owner Mark Glosserman opened the location in 2019. But if Helmstetter isn't yet tired of Hill Country's barbecue, he's burned out on politics in Washington. After working for the DNC and Progressive Change Campaign Committee, Helmstetter said he is starting a new business, a flower design studio. Now, do you see how they make him look like the victim? And remember... This is the newspaper that just did the article by the Red Hand that it's everybody's patriotic duty to fuck with people in mega hats. That's why it's happening. The media condones it. The media pushes it. They do op-eds that it's the right thing to do. They don't push back on people like Maxine Waters saying that you must get it in their faces and uh, Booker and all of them. No, they push it. And this guy is a DNC representative. Okay, he doesn't work there anymore, but if he was a RNC representative, would he not be a representative? That's how they would have wrote the article. And this incident just sums up all this. Antifa, fucking women's national team. It just all shoves it in one nice little package. And it shows that America's starting to say, fuck you. Megan Rapahoe. Fuck you, Helmstetter. Fuck all of you. I'm telling you, they're going to keep pushing and they're going to re-elect Trump. That's what's going to happen. This is just like Bush all over again. By 2004, America was like, fuck you. 
you're running a guy who motherfucking says he's a war hero, but he's known as a war protester. And he lost. Now you're running 20 fucking clowns in a car who say it's more important to give money to illegal immigrants for health care than fucking people in America. That's how far you've gone. If anything, liberals are just over the fucking top. To change subjects to climate, this actually aired on D- on DNC, CNN, but our next article did not. The administration is painting these cost-cutting measures as necessary to get the government working as a lean, efficient entity. But farmers, scientists, environmentalists, and now even beekeepers, they are ringing the alarms, saying that scaling back on this critical research they depend on, it's going to have a significant impact on all of us, starting with the bees. Bee populations already on the decline now facing an added blow as the U.S. Department of Agriculture suspends collecting data for its annual honeybee colonies report, a critical tool for understanding the plummeting honeybee population. With the eventual uh, loss of the bee population, what you would see is more desert than you would see healthy, vibrant um, landscapes. They're critical Um, impact is on the food source. It's estimated that one-third of the U.S.'s food supply depends on the bee because they help pollinate many crops we eat, including apples, avocados, almonds, and grapes. Bee populations have been steadily declining since 2006, colonies facing threats from parasites, pesticides, habitat loss, and climate change. In 2014, the Obama administration launched a program to address the plummeting honeybee population, directing federal agencies to track the problem and work on preserving bee colonies, as well as other critical pollinators, including butterflies. The Trump administration, through the U.S. Department of Agriculture, now undoing those efforts. Last year, reversing an Obama-era rule, barring the use of a chemical that is known to contribute to the decline of bee colonies. The EPA has also granted emergency permission to 18 states, under certain circumstances, to spray an insecticide considered highly toxic to bees. We will defend the environment, but we will also defend American sovereignty, American prosperity, and we will defend American jobs. A survey which tracked how farmers pay for honeybees to pollinate their crops was suspended in 2018, and another survey on honey production was scaled back. Now a third bee-related database aimed at tracking how many bees are being lost is being suspended. Keeping this statistical study going um, is very important so that we understand what's going on and you can make uh, the resources available to, to try to solve the problem. You need to have a data. You need to have a database that says, in fact, our bees are thriving, or in fact, our bees are not thriving. Just part of the Trump administration's rollout of its own environmental plan. My administration is now revising the past administration's misguided regulations to better protect the environment and to protect our American workers. 
The USDA said the critical data collection suspension was temporary, stating the decision to suspend data collection was not made lightly, but was necessary given available fiscal and program resources. We created the first ever White House beehive, and hopefully our bees are asleep right now. Saving the bees has typically been a bipartisan effort. Former First Lady Michelle Obama and current Second Lady Karen Pence both taking up the cause. One of the reasons that we wanted to bring a beehive to the vice president's residence was because um, we wanted to help our bee population. It was important to us to do what we could. A lot of our crops are highly dependent on bees to pollinate. Scientists say the Trump administration's turn away from the bee crisis is just part of the administration's larger goal to cut or undermine federal research on food safety, farm productivity, and climate change. So Trump is killing bees. He's the reason that bees are dying. But Congresswoman Escobar from Texas is secretly sending staff into Mexico to coach Asylum seekers. Veronica Escobar took over the 2020 Democratic presidential candidate's Beto O'Rourke's district, and the local Catholic diocese have interviewed thousands of migrants in Juarez over the past few weeks to find cases where the Department of Homeland Security officials may have wrongly returned people. What we believe is happening is Veronica Escobar office is going to basically second guess and obstruct work already done by the Border Patrol. That's not a story. Nor did CNN cover this. Unprecedented flooding is quickly becoming a new normal, despite that the Republicans are tripling down on fossil fuels with no plan to transition off them or make the critical infrastructure investment we need to prep for the climate crisis. Each day of inaction puts more of us in danger. AOC. Ryan. First a tornado and now a flash flood, the congresswoman does not miss an opportunity to turn a weather event she experienced into political statement and blame Republicans. She's right, the cities need to invest in infrastructure, but a slow-moving thunderstorm isn't climate change. This poor bastard retweeted some weatherman, and I'm not covering it, but then that weatherman got fucking outed, the liberal mob attacked him all day, she said she's a climate expert. He says, I'm a fucking hurricane my meteorologist. You're an idiot. And that became a thing. It wasn't a Twitter moment, but it was a thing. Nor did CNN do this. The Harvard University Center for American Political Studies, Harris Poll, found that 67% of all registered U.S. voters say the census should ask the citizenship question. 88% of Republicans, 63% of Independents, and 52% of Democrats. Most notably, the poll found that 55% of Hispanic voters favor it. Also in agreement, 74% of rural voters, 59% of black voters, 58% of urban voters, and 47% of voters who backed HRC. There you go. But we're still fucking around with it. Biggest thing I saw that I totally agreed with, <clears throat> if Obama can just take it off the census, why did Trump have to go to the Supreme Court to put it back on? 
And so he's going to use a fucking executive order, and I think he should. It's not xenophobic. It's not racist. It's not anything these people are saying. The reality is representation is based on population of Americans, you jackasses. But CNN's not pushing that poll. Mm-mm, they're not. And Chuck Todd, he's not, he's not happy with it. Which, this is the message that he can't Which brings me to the census. Yes. Because it's, it's, it's why does he continue to fight this? He needs to be seen by his base as fighting. But he under, if he was trying to make a legal argument to get it back, this comment here destroyed any chance of that. Take a listen. Well, you need it for many reasons. Number one, you need it for Congress. You need it for Congress, for districting. You need it for appropriations. Where are the funds going? How many people are there? Are they citizens? Are they not citizens? You need it for many reasons. Shauna. Yeah, I mean, number one in this country, when we redistrict based on the census, we do it based on persons, not citizens. So what everyone is saying is that when he says that, is he trying to, like, turn this into a ploy where we redistrict based on citizenship? And if that is the case, what everyone is, what a lot of people have said is that that means Republicans have an advantage and white people have an advantage. And, And, but the federal government has specifically said in this case that it had nothing to do with discrimination. The Supreme Court didn't even take that part up. They didn't let them take that part up. Now the Maryland judge is letting them take that part up. And now the people on the other side, the plaintiffs, have this. But, Jonah, I don't mean to be this cynical here, but the president is going to continue to talk about it. And even though it won't be on 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 the form, many Hispanics may hear that it is on the form or may fear that it's on the form. He has now said it enough, and maybe that's... The damage is done. Maybe. Uh, my, my, there's a whiff of four-dimensional chess that you're ascribing. To the <laughs> well, and he's never a four-dimensional think, player, three-dimensional, two-dimensional. I mean, we should be clear. I actually think the, the, pre- the executive branch has every constitutional right to actually ask about citizenship and nativity, which it did for about 190 mm-hmm. years. This was a completely unforced error, where, which Judge, Justice Roberts basically said, if you just hadn't screwed up the way you did this... You could ask it. And the problem now is, is that, that, that Trump is not getting that message and they're not getting their ducks in a row. It's another one of these things where if they just were less on the crazy train, they could get some of the things they want done. They, they just won't get out of their bubble. Uh, their Twitter bubble, the where they live, and the media, they just believe it's racist, man. we got to get Democrats elected. we got to get them elected. Then we go to abortion. This is Harris. With a lady talking about her abortion and saying she's so brave.
talk about or offer before. It's a new, it's a new approach, and maybe it comes from the fact that in my background, I was for two terms the Attorney General of California. Um, I ran the second largest Department of Justice in the United States, second only to the United States Department of Justice. Um, I will also tell you, in terms of my background, you know, I share with you that my parents were active in the civil rights movement. Well, what inspired me to want to become a lawyer um, was actually those lawyers who were active in the civil rights movement. It was Thurgood Marshall and Charles Hamilton Houston and Constantine Mountain. It was these individuals who understood the skill and the power of the law. And to be totally honest, I never really thought too much about reproductive rights because I never thought I would be that. Um, but I do distinctly remember the moment I found out I was pregnant. I had two immediate thoughts uh, before the denial and the grief and all those things that come later. I remember thinking, I need to have an abortion. And oh, I live in Iowa. Um, I knew that abortion was a controversial subject. But up until that point, I never really considered how the controversy would really impact a whole trajectory of my life. Um, I remember being really panicked as I was Google searching, is abortion legal in Iowa? And how to get an abortion in Iowa? And I remember just seeing pages and pages of results about all the different ways Iowa Republicans were trying to restrict reproductive rights. Um, fortunately, I was lucky, and I was able to get abortion care in my home state without having to jump through too many legal hoops. But that feeling, that fear of, I know what I need, but I don't know if I'll be able to really access it, has stayed with me. Um, it's been 10 years now since my abortion, and if I'm totally honest, my feelings about it have kind of fluctuated. Uh, sometimes I'm 100% confident that I made the right decision, and sometimes I'm not that sure. Uh, sometimes I think about it and I'm really happy uh, that I was able to choose my own path, and sometimes I really am sad about the path that I didn't choose. But the one thing that has been constant is that I'm incredibly grateful that I was able to make that decision for myself. Yeah. The other thing that has been constant uh, is that the public and lawmakers have been trying to take that power away. And that's why for me it's essential that the next president of the United States be an individual who's not just pro-choice, but is someone who will be a national leader for the cause of reproductive justice. Um, as you said, I'm, I haven't been around quite as long, but I'm very tired of this. Um, and I want a president who will not just defend the status quo, but who will do everything in her power to ensure that future generations have access to a full range of reproductive health care. So my question, <laughs> uh, is this a crowd field where we know defending abortion access is the floor? Yes, it's so brave to kill your baby. It's also very brave. Two independent Canadian theater owners received death threats ahead of unplanned screening. They're finally going to put it up in Canada because they decided to go against the crowd. And now they're getting death threats for doing it. Which pretty much sums up the abortion crowd. Then we had Rosie O'Donnell on a radio show. Listen to what this piece of shit had to say. Now, there are a lot of Republicans, I think even Donald Trump may be among them, who think or hope the first woman president will be Ivanka Trump. Oh, you saw her Lord. just now at the G20 with him. He brought her to every meeting. Talk a little bit about Ivanka Trump and what Donald Trump is doing with her. 
I don't know what he's doing with her. I think he's well, been I mean doing bad things with her for a very long time. There's a creepy incest feel that is uh, very prevalent amongst Donald Trump and his children, at least his daughter. Very creepy. Uh, I don't know. I think she's like, you know, a talentless, non-intelligent, non-powerful uh, woman. And, and I think she's, it's laughable to think of her in any kind of public service role. No one in his family has ever been in public service. Why should they start now? And I think a good capper on our violent left is this soundbite by Tucker Carlson. And it encapsulates the left. It puts them all into a nice little frickin' pile of shit. Their wishes for open borders, their hate of America, it's all summed up in the representation of Representative Ilhan Omar. Think about that for a minute. Our country rescued Ilhan Omar from the single worst place on earth. We didn't do it to get rich. In fact, it cost us money. We did it because we are kind people. How did Omar respond to the remarkable gift we gave her? She scolded us and called us names. She showered us with contempt. It's infuriating. But more than that, it's also ominous. The United States admits more immigrants than any country on Earth, more than a million every year. The Democratic Party demands that we increase that number and admit far more. Okay, Americans like immigrants. But immigrants have got to like us back. That's the key. It's essential. Otherwise, the country falls apart. We made that point last night. We'll continue to make that point because it's true. And it's important to say it out loud, even if no one else is willing to. He... He is being lambasted. CNN, NBC, everybody is running articles, Twitter moments. It is like he basically said, hey, that freaking Ilian Omar is the N-word. I mean, he literally probably should have just said that. It would be way better than what he said, which is factually accurate. We have under Obama, this all happened under Obama, brought in a group of people from a country that despises us, killed a bunch of our soldiers when we were trying to help them in the UN in Somalia in 93. And these people came on over, and they hate the country. In her district, they tried to ban the, ban the Pledge of Allegiance. That's getting pushed back. I didn't cover it because we're covering a lot of shit. Didn't cover that one. People protesting outside the building. And you have her, who has been caught saying they made up Al-Qaeda, Da 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 da. I mean, she is just the fucking worst ever. Just the worst. And if we keep bringing those kind of people in, what kind of country are we going to have? We plucked that racist Islamist out of a fucking immigrant camp. She is now a representative in our highest office and she hates the country and rails on it daily about how bad and racist it is and nobody in the media will point back well you got elected to congress if our country is so goddamn bad and we're so xenophobic and racist and sexist how the fuck do you get elected then it's a circular logic of progressivism they have to spend their entire time telling you the other side are the devil. They're evil. 
the racist something. They got to label them to get you scared of them to go to vote. And on every election, you're guaranteed Democrats going to say America sucks. Why they hate Trump so much is that he turned it back on them. In 2016, he went, America's fucked up. We got crime. We got illegals. We're not getting ahead. The fucking economy sucks. We need to go out and kick some ass in the world. And he social media campaign better than Obama. And the media and the progressives, oh no, you can't use us against us. There's not a single candidate right now running for office for the Democratic nomination who isn't saying America is racist, sexist, xenophobic, fucked up, we need to give open borders and ignoring the fact that we put kids in cage first. None of them. There's not one bright message coming out of there. It's all negative. That's their shtick. That's how they scare their base to go vote. Because their base is a bunch of people who hate them. They're not left enough. They're not intersectional enough. God damn it, they want to keep America. We want to make it anarchy. That's the Democratic base right now. I mean, we're about to go to a music break. We're going to come back in to an Air Force lieutenant colonel who's running against Mitch McConnell. She is going to beat him. The media's always saying, they always say that. Cocaine Mitch is going to lose his seat. And right off the bat, she fucked up on Kavanaugh. I'm going to explain the soundbite so when you hear it, you know why I'm playing it. And right off the bat, she says, hey, I said that because he was qualified, but he shouldn't have been. Because she got nailed by the left for saying Kavanaugh was qualified to be a fucking chief justice. She forgot the rules. The rules all you must hate everything the other side does. You must demonize everything the other side does. And if you don't demonize them, we're not voting for you. When I tweeted to her, oh, no, 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 you could say Trump is God. You're going against cocaine Mitch. They're going to vote for you. I mean, you literally could go for, we're going to put everybody in the detention camp. They're still going to vote for you because they're zealots. They don't go into the booth like normal Americans and go, yeah, I'm pretty conservative, but that fucking guy's a twat. I'm not voting for him. I've done that. I vote against Marsha Blackburn every fucking time. I know she's going to win, but I don't vote for her because she's fucking useless. She's a media whore who doesn't know shit about the military, so why the fuck would I vote for her? Her constituency is mostly military. But that's the left. They think Ilhan Omar, Megan Rapahoe, that's America. And they only laud in the media people that hate America. They don't do segments on the soccer player who rescued the flag. When majority of Americans are looking at her as a fucking hero. They don't look at the polls that say everybody's for the census. They don't look at anything. They push progressivism. And they believe if they can brainwash enough people, they'll change America to the country they want because they hate the country that it is. To a music break, this time, Ashikan's Farewell. 
because our lighter fare today was Smithfield Jamboree. Those have been the show for a long time. It was on this weekend. Ivy Phillips cleaned the clock on everybody. That girl's a fiddling machine. But we're going to go into that soundbite of Kentucky. New person that's going to fucking, she's a chick, dude chick. She looks like she's a lesbian. I don't know. She just looks like it. I haven't really researched her. I guess I should stop saying that. It sounds transphobic or homophobic. And you're going to hear a gold star mother also who's not white. She looks Latina. Dog and Kaepernick. That'll start our military corner. Thank you. 
Welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast with Tony Reed. It's why they call me. Trying to get crazy with this scene. Don't you know I'm local? Now it's time for news and social media nuggets. The crazy stuff that makes your host lose his mind. So I, I can understand certainly why you're talking about how you understand why Kentuckians voted for Donald Trump in such overwhelming numbers. Mm -hmm. But it has been pointed out that you once compared the feeling you had uh, when President Trump was elected to the feeling you had on 9-11. Uh, won't that undermine the pitch, you think? Well, what I was talking about was the fact that, you know, um, nobody really expected um, President Trump to win. And I was talking also about the entire 2016 cycle. You know, many of us um, were spurred into action by what happened in 2016, the labeling of each other as they're all communist or they're all this or they're all that. And the fake news, the divisiveness of our country was something I had never seen before. You know, my husband is a Republican. I'm a Democrat. We took stock of that after the election and we said, you know, where where are we as a country? And that way it was the same thing for me was was looking at, at that tragic event and taking stock of where are we as a country. Um, so that's what I was saying, and I, and I can see why, um, you know, folks might be upset about that. But that's what I was saying. All right, Lieutenant Colonel Amy McGrath, we thank you for your service. Uh, good luck out there on the campaign trail. Great to have you. When I look at this country today and I tell people, and I've wanted to say this loud so many times, Colin Kaepernick was getting paid $14 million a year to throw a ball. My son died for $14,000 a year. And he's given more than any football player, any athlete has ever given. And to this day, still see the kids to college off $1,000 from our little hometown that people give. These two children right here can look at a flag and say, that's Uncle Jacob. That's what we are here for today. Not because, you know, I wanted to be a gold star mom. I got gold stars in school for making grades. But this gold star that I wear every day isn't for me. It's because of what my son chose to do without my permission, trust me. And I have a 17-year-old that is doing the same thing, and it's because of what they believed. And I hear these Marines that come to my house and stay for four days. You know, I got 30 Marines that sleep on my floor, and it's great. But they tell us that the only thing that kept them going is when they could look up and see that flag, they had hope to go back home to, and I hope that this country was going to change for the better, not for the worst.
Yeah, that's not a good start. You know, if you call fucking the election of Donald Trump 9-11, you're trying to run as a veteran. You say Kavanaugh's qualified, but now I got a flip-flop. You don't know Kentucky, lady. And you don't know that your state's a lot of military. There's two bases in Kentucky. Fort Campbell, gigantic. Fort Knox. Strong support for Trump among veterans, a new national poll and a survey of nearly 1,300 veterans conducted in May and June. 57% of respondents said they approve of how Trump is leading the armed forces. Contrast, about 41% they said they disapprove. The numbers are a mirror image of the overall American public. In a separate non-veteran poll from Pew Research, a nonpartisan polling analysis group conducted over the same time frame, 57% of those surveyed said they disapprove of Trump's work. And 41% said they approve. Your base is veteran, Lieutenant Colonel. Get your head out of your fourth point of contact. She's not going to win. But you can't tell that. I could play you an hour of sound bites that she is the second coming of Barack Obama. And I guess she's not gay. So I was wrong. She looked like she was gay. I'm just throwing her out there. She had the dude chick haircut. Fort Campbell soldier repelling in Alabama falls to his death. This is fucking horrible. Philip Whitehead, investigators say he was climbing with a friend when the accident occurred Sunday night. Stevens Gap is a cave in northern Alabama, has a 143-foot pit, and he fell going down. That's just horrible. Next article, three Navy EOD techs fought off 20 ISIS fighters in a cave during a secret night raid. Two California-based sailors have been recognized for extraordinary heroism during a nighttime raid on a remote underground Islamic State group hideout where the pair fought off 20 terrorists and shielded their comrades from grenades and enemy fire. Explosive Ordnance Disposal Technicians First Class Christopher Green and Travis Holland were each presented with a Bronze Star with V device last week at Naval Outlying Landing Field, Imperial Beach, California. They were recognized for their action during a September 18th mission in Iraq, Anbar Province, while assigned to Special Operations Task Force West. Team traveled to the ISIS headquarters hideout by helicopter during the stealthy overnight raid. Despite constant dangers or explosive hazards, Green safely led the combined assault force to the target by clearing the enemy cave complex. His award citation states, while clearing the cave of improvised explosive threats, Petty Officer Element was engaged by 20 enemy fighters barricaded within the cave system. Without hesitation, he deliberately stepped in the line of fire at a critical time to shield his teammates from close-range automatic fire. And Holland did the same thing. That's freaking fantastic. Lizzie McGuire, actress, now a soldier. Not many people could recognize Carly Schroeder, June 27th at Fort Jackson Hilton Field. The blonde-haired, blue-eyed Lizzie McGuire and general hospital actress who traded her red carpet heels or combat boots blended in the crowd of roughly 450 other identically dressed soldiers. Army life is very different from Hollywood, Schroeder said. There are some similarities, but army life is very uniform. Everyone is very disciplined, and everyone is treated equally. No stranger to weapons training and the physicality of stunt work, Schroeder faced a new set of challenges during BCT. She faced marksmanship course, obstacle course, and other courses. That is fucking hard to find nowadays. Wow. Pretty cool. This Air Force base is using 1950s text to give F-35 pilots more flight time. They're using hot refueling so they can swap out and they're doing swaps because they're not getting enough flight time, which I thought was kind of neat. Funny article from Duffel Bag Blog, or Duffel Blog, sorry. This is all 
freaking sarcasm, but it pretty much sums up the time we're in. Army to drop U.S. from name over past links to slavery. Since 1775, the United States has had an army, and for most of those 224 years, it's been called the United States Army. But now the service will drop the words and initials from its title, calling itself simply Army, a radical rebranding campaign that some hope will distance Army from what a senior Army leader said was a history not reflective of our current values. Acting Secretary of Army Ryan McCarthy told the reporters that former NFL quarterback and Army historian Colin Kaepernick had recently found countless examples of troubling behavior engaged in the United States, including racism, slavery, genocide, and inappropriate touching. After examining the evidence presented by Mr. Kaepernick, we decided we could not ask our soldiers of color to wear the name of a country which enslaved their ancestors or tell our LGBTQQIAAPEIEIO service members display the flag of the place which enacted Don't Ask, Don't Tell. McCarthy said. Kaepernick is currently leading another internal army investigation over historical links between the United States and white supremacist groups called the Confederate States of America. According to McCarthy, army will terminate its long-term relationship with the United States as soon as the army can find another sponsor willing to finance his $182 billion operation, such as China or Google. <laughs> another one of their articles I won't read Medics pushing controversial Motrin for all healthcare plan. And I thought that was fucking funny. Our last thing for the military is chasing the moon. Um, if you haven't watched it on PBS, if, if you blow off the PC-ness, the first black astronaut, all the protests, how the war was horrible and America sucks... Sorry, allergies. <clears throat> it literally is interesting because it's stuff you've never seen. So take it with a you know a grain of liberalism, and it's a very good show. And there'll be a lot of them coming up. History's doing one, Science Channel, because this is the 50th anniversary. So give it a look. To our college crazy. Inspired by Michelle Obama, Colorado professor vows to punch political opponents in the neck. Yeah. Colorado State University professor Ian Poon made the remark in response to a tweet that stated, When they go low, you fucking punch them in the neck. Her exact tweet, I'm almost done reading Michelle Obama's Becoming and reading the subtext. I don't think she even believes the whole when, I, when they go low, we go high BS. Also, this tweet is a mood. I'm done going high. I'm ready to punch them in the neck. Campus Reform reached out to Poon to clarify what exactly them refers to, but received no response in time for publication. Yeah. Are you surprised? That's what they all want to do. They're the ones pushing fucking Antifa. They were saying we want to kill them with hate speech. Professor exposes mass schools' anti-free speech culture. Biology professor at William College, Luana Maroja, spoke with So to Speak podcast host Nico Perino about the issue of free speech at the college. In the episode titled Words, Violence, and Censorship at William College detailed a student body that strives for self-censorship and even delivering a standing ovation to campus speaker Reza Aslan when he, accordingly to Maroja, said that colleges should write rules on stone on who can and who cannot speak. He ended up saying the only factual talks can happen on campus, so opinions cannot be expressed. 
only factual. And again, a standing elevation for students. This culture may be attributed to the history of school's administration. As Perino pointed out, there was an incident during which the university president at the time unilaterally disinvited a controversial speaker desired by a campus group. The host appeared to be referring to the school's disinvitation of VDARE.com writer John Derbyshire, who had previously been fired from the National Review. Students relayed to me how this debate over free speech and what speakers can be invited to campus is kind of all-consuming at Williams. The debate over safety and whether physical safety is different from psychological safety and bringing certain speakers to campus can actually be considered violence in some cases, as we've proven. And due to all this, a study, trust in police, law enforcement, plunges amongst teens. Um, Adam Fine, the assistant professor of criminology and criminal justice at ASU, came across these findings by analyzing research from the Monitoring the Future survey, which collects data from roughly 50,000 students and teenagers annually. While Monitoring the Future mostly contains questions about drug use, the nationwide survey, according to ASU News Release, also included a question that measures attitudes towards different authority figures. Survey participants were asked to rate how well police and law enforcement agencies, the justice system, religious organizations, and public schools were performing their job on a scale of 1, extremely bad, to 5. Before 2015, results showed that teenagers trusted religious institutions the most, followed by schools, law enforcement, and demonstrated the least favorability towards the justice system. From 15 to 17, teens' attitude towards law enforcement shifted to be just as antagonistic as their viewpoint towards the justice system. Attitude towards the other institution reigns virtually the same. And how can you not be when that's what our media is pushing? Our schools, our colleges, <clears throat> it's to be expected. UCLA professor guilty conspiring to steal missile secrets for China could face more than 200 years. UCLA adjutant professor Yi Chi Si, I think it's S-H-I-H, was convicted June 26th on 18 federal charges, Newsweek reported, and could now lose hundreds of thousands of dollars to spend 219 years behind bars. We're just a winner, winner, chicken dinner up in this place. UC Berkeley teaches illegal aliens how to fight back against ICE. Yeah. The UC system pledged not to cooperate with ICE and hand over private records without first receiving court orders. Berkeley USP has numerous resources, including a web page titled What to Do If Ice Comes to Your Door, a five-step instructional infographic teaching illegal immigrants how to act in the presence of ice. The first step, four steps, tell the reader, do not open doors, remain silent, do not sign, report the raid, and the last step, fight back. The fight back section displays a fist and reads, get a trustworthy attorney and explore all options to fight your case. If detained, you may be able to get bail. Don't give up hope. Another resource to which USP directs illegal students and faculty is Rapid Response Hotline for ICE sightings. By dialing the Alameda County Immigration Legal and Education Partnership Sponsored Hotline, that's a lot of fucking words for a hotline, members of the Berkeley community can report ICE activity on campus to warn illegal immigrants a presence of federal agents. Other special resources that Berkeley USP provides to illegal immigrants, including mental health support, academic counseling, legal support, and the distinct track of financial aid and grant funding. The university refers to part of the special funding as the Dream Aid, which means we're just going to give you free shit. You other motherfuckers pay your own way. 
Washington Post hails professor who wants to expunge. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. And those who have been with the show, like Matt in Oregon, a couple other out there. Man, this was a long time ago. This was a big deal. Ladies and gentlemen was just fucked up, but <clears throat> it's back. Washington Post contributing columnist Stephen Petro used to write a regular column for the style section called Civilities, even as he supported manor shredder, shredders like Dan Savage. To explain the LGBTQ revolution and all its linguistic permeations. On Saturday, that exercise returned a book reviewing touting a necessary guide to gender inclusivity. Strangely, the guy is not new. It was published last October. The title is Gender Your Guide. With the subtitle, a gender-friendly primer on what to know, what to say, and what to do in new gender culture. To eradicate the gender binary is defined as gender-friendly. The author is Lee Arnton, an assistant professor of gender and sexuality studies at Queen's University in Ontario. Arnton identifies as non-binary, uses they as the pronoun. I'm not reading anymore. This fucking shit. Ladies and gentlemen, is bad. Part of it takes too great a toll on transgender people to do all the correcting, explaining, and advocating required to make gender less exhaustive all around. Go out of their way to be gender-friendly, which accounts for the plethora of restroom signs that say, everyone welcome, all gender restroom, plus my favorite, whichever. But the rest of us can never apply whichever to gender terms, which is true. <clears throat> In our ever-growing amount of anti-Semitism, Spanish River High Principal removed after comments about the Holocaust. A principal in heavily Jewish Boca Raton is out of a job because he refused to say the Holocaust was a real historical event. William Laston told a parent that as a public school official, he needed to remain politically neutral, sensitive to both Holocaust education advocates and people who deny the destruction of 6 million Jews in World War II. The Palm Beach County School District didn't see it that way and on Monday booted him. His email exchange with the parent created a furor in Boca Raton, the home of many Holocaust survivors and their descendants. Mr. Lanton made a grave error in judgment and verbiage. He wrote in an email stating, I can't say the Holocaust is a factual historic event because I'm not in a position to do so as a school district employee. In addition to being offensive, the principal's statement is not supported by either the school district or the school board. Latson wrote, not everyone believes the Holocaust happened, and you have your thoughts, but we are a public school, and not all of our parents have the same beliefs, so they will react differently. I mean, it's like we're talking about Christmas or some shit. <laughs> God damn, man. I mean, how, how? How do they get away with this? How is not the media covering this? If this was a guy... Saying you couldn't wear a hijab in the class, it would make CNN. They would interview students. They'd do a remote live feed. You fucking people. Then to our faux outrage on Twitter, I saw this, that's why I'm covering it. Hashtag not my aerial. I never saw anybody do it. White Twitter is big mad about Disney casting a Black Little Mermaid. This is from Da Root. As a nation celebrating the national holiday that symbolizes all men being created equal, a small minority of mistreated Americans cranked up the Caucasian outrage machine to address an egregious injustice that threatened the happiness and well-being of people everywhere. But this time, the righteous indignation was not about Nike or Starbucks or even reality. 
This time, conservatives are concerned about a fictional fish girl. Oh, yeah. The whites are at it again. The whites are at it again. I love reading these articles because nowhere could you write this if you weren't black. Or, you know, all the other different magazines and websites that can get away with this shit. This would be on CNN if it was written once again by a, a fucking white person. The ink had barely dried on the Disney announcement that Haley Bailey will star in the new title role, The Little Mermaid, when meteorologists at the White Weather Channel had to issue a flash flood warning because of the sudden deluge of white tears. Most people, including myself, were elated that Haley Bailey would get the chance to introduce herself to a new generation of Disney fans. They soon realized the actress chosen to play Ariel was not the Oscar-winning actress for Monsters Ball. Instead, Disney exec chose one half of the R&B duo Chloe and Holly, who I've never heard of, which caused a meltdown in an unseasoned section of social media platforms because a black person had once again stolen a job for a marginalized group of unmelanidated Americans. The hashtag NotMyAriel immediately began trending on white Twitter, which I don't know if there's a black... There is a black Twitter, but I guess they're talking about Twitter. Of course, the display of fragility was to be expected because in a country and a system where whiteness is default, rewarding anyone who doesn't fit in the traditional idea of normal is perceived insult and feels like robbery. It feels like oppression in their minds. Disney didn't make a business decision based on talent, ability, and the fact that Halle Berry can bring her own already built fan base. The woe-begone whites automatically assumed that the movie studio chose a black actress because of the political correctness, pandering, and dreaded idea of diversity. But if white actors can play Jesus, Moses, Michael Jackson, Othello, Simba, Tonto, Prince of Persia, and Ramses, because they did voiceovers, okay, then why can't the fish girl be black? That was a rhetorical question. We know why. However, on extended weekend of this great American holiday, instead of focusing on the small number of fra- fragile furious racist, maybe we should concentrate on the important things. Even though a few people might be salty about Disney's casting, there is indeed a bright side. Finally, they'll have some reasoning. Matt Walsh. A black actress is cast as a Little Mermaid. Everyone, oh, okay. Heroes on Twitter. What's the matter, racist? Outraged about diversity again? Everyone know it's fine. Heroes, you stupid bigots. Everyone, what? Heroes, why are you so outraged? BET did a story about all the racists who are big mad that Ariel is white. They compiled six tweets to prove the outrage exists. Two are from anonymous accounts with ten followers. Two are from non-white people. This is the foest of the foey foest. I could not find this. Because I'm not really big on The Little Mermaid, so I wasn't really looking for it, I guess. But, yeah, it's not even a real thing. But The Root got some good clickbait for all the black racists to hate white people. And then in our ever-fucking God-it-won't-stop-please-somebody-kill-me file, do Americans need air conditioning? This time, The New York Times. Summer's great. Indoor temperature debate rages on. Penelope Green. Modernity was born 116 years, 11 months, 2 weeks, and 2 days ago at a printing plant East Williamsburg, Brooklyn, when a junior engineer named William Carrier devised a contraption that blew air over water and blah, blah, blah. Nearly 90% of American households now have some form of air conditioning, more than any country in the world except Japan. Though that will change as global warming alters more temperate zones and swelling populations and rising incomes and hot zones, I mean, the folks there will be clamorous for AC too. An overheated planet, air conditioning becomes more and more desirable, solving in the short term the problem it helps create. 
It is almost a paradox that even as architects and engineers are making ever more efficient buildings to meet energy standards set by cities like New York, where a new law says the buildings over 25,000 square feet must reduce their common emission, carbon emissions by 80% by 2050. We are still freezing in our offices and fighting with our partners over whether to turn on the Fredericks. Part of Germany and France, and this is the same thing with another lady talked about, blah, blah, blah. Think about the term air conditioning, said Mark Feeney, a culture critic at the Boston Globe who suffers at work and does without without at home. Do you want to condition your air, your skin maybe, or your hair? I'm a vegetarian, but I didn't become one for any specific reason. It just happened. But there are all sorts of ex post facto good reasons for not eating meat. Same with AC. If you modify your actions, it's good for the planet. It's good for everyone. Also, I'm lapsed Catholic and I'm Irish, so I need a certain degree of self-imposed suffering in my life to guess this qualification. Then he quoted the air-conditioning-averse title character in Lance Lot by Walker Perry. I'd rather sweat and stink and drink ice water. I'm not going to read anymore. I won't bore you. This goes on forever. And it's like, we used to be at 72, and why do we do this? And I'm cold. And then I reply to people going, you fucking killed Joy. Shut up. This was already done over at WAPO. She called everybody sexist for not letting her walk around with her gooch hanging out of her miniskirt. Because she was cold. Because she's wearing a skirt that has her gooch hanging out. Back to Hollywood. And we need more gay people. Tom Holland, Spider-Man could be gay. The world isn't as simple as a straight white guy. We didn't make him gay. But he could be gay. And that was duped by this article. Marvel's first openly trans actor calls for more portrayals. The first openly trans actor in the Marvel Universe says there needs to be more representation of his experience. His experience? I woke up one day and go, I don't want my cock. Why do I need to know about your experience? I wake up and I really have freaking problems taking a shit someday. Nobody cares. It's not an experience. You don't need to know my truth that I can shit like crazy and not shit for days. Nobody cares. Zach Barrick plays a classmate of Peter Parker in Spider-Man's Far From Home. His gender identity is not addressed in the brief role. Barrick said that to him, superhero movies always felt like a trans story because talking about identity. Oh, really? It's about separating what people know about you and what they don't. And I think that's something I kind of live with every day. And on top of that, I don't see a lot of trans masculine people on television or trans men specifically. And getting to be part of this is beyond unreal. The 23-year-old Chicago area native who also appeared in the TV series LA's Finest said there needs to be more roles for trans people in all sorts of movies. The truth is, you have to put out there what people want to see or what people need to see. And as a young person who is trans, I didn't see a trans man on TV ever. Ever really, until I was like 17. So having a fun movie about a class going on a trip together and I get to be part of that, I can't even. Yeah, we need to make sure that we have more representation for 0.07% of America. I mean, the only show on TV that does the 0.03%, that's a third of a percent or three-tenths of a percent, of people who fought in Iraq and Afghanistan is SEAL Team. You don't see me going to the airwaves going, we need more representation of the global war on terror fucking vets. They need to know my experience. They need to see it. We must show it. 
when more of them are killing themselves than trans. 22 a day. Those are facts. Not the everybody who's trans is killing themselves because you won't accept that they're a girl boy when I walked past them in Walmart and didn't even pay attention to them. Fucking jackasses. But HBO, you shut your dirty hole, Tony Reid. Sex drama initiates relationship between teen girl and trans girl. And then we see this. Hollywood film franchise fatigue drives down global tickets. Cinnamon Garver spent almost $19 billion in the first six months of this year. Down from 20 Because all we have is social justice warrior, gay, lesbian, trans Superman. Jesus fucking Christ. If you've never heard of Amanda Jet Knox, you've really been missing out. The self-described super gay mama four has been compelling thoughts on children's gender identities, and yesterday she decided to share with them with the rest of the class. This was a viral tweet for all the wrong reasons. Amanda Jet Knox, kids can't be trans. Yes, they can. Well, what about if a child is 12? Yep. What about seven? Sure. How can you say that? Loud whispers. There are even trans babies. That's how fucking bad this mental disease is on the left. I mean, I know it's one of the commandments and part of fucking the progressive fucking religion, but gee, many crickets on a freaking popsicle stick. Are you shitting me? So, yeah, a baby that comes out and just wants some milk is going. I'm no longer a dude, because I know I'm a dude, somehow. Yeah, that's their logic. But that's not the weirdest fucking article we got. I've been saying winner, winner, chicken dinner, a couple times on the show on purpose, because here's PETA. PETA finds name of rural road in Idaho, distasteful, ask for a change. Chickens are friends for some people, dinner for others, sometimes both. But one animal rights group feels that the name of a rural road in Treasure Valley isn't kind to poultry. PETA sent out a news release Wednesday morning altering Idaho media, alerting, I'm sorry, alerting Idaho media that it has written a letter to Codwell Mayor Garrett Nakawalas to ask for a change to the street name Chicken Dinner Road. However, Codwell City street maps don't include Chicken Dinner Road, which is located in a rural Canyon County. Just like dogs, cats, and human beings, chickens feel pain and fear and value their own lives, says PETA Executive Vice President Tracy Raymond. I really tried to do this series. I just can't do it. She wants the mayor to change the name of the road to one that celebrates chickens as individuals, not as being killed chop up and label his dinner. Susan Miller, the Codwell mayor assistant, told the statesman that the mayor was in a meeting. She said she wasn't sure whether he'd be issuing a response to PETA's request. In a letter dated July 3rd, Riemann said she's not trying to ruffle any feathers, adding that the words matter and have the power to change lives. The way the industry treats chicken is inhumane, she said, because they are confined to crowded, filthy sheds with tens of thousands of other birds where disease smothers and heart attacks are common. doesn't get any better from there, she said in her letter. They then are violently crammed to transport trucks for shipment to slaughterhouses where they are shackled, hung upside down, their throats cut, and they're immersed in scalding hot feather-removing tanks, often while they're still conscious, which they have no proof of. Change the name of Chicken Dinner Road, which show compassion to chickens and respect for other species, she said. 
She said Peter would help pay for replacing the sign. Joan Decker, a spokesman from Canyon County, said the county has heard from a handful of residents who grew up there and don't want the name to be changed. She said county commissioners were in a meeting all morning. Everybody's in a meeting, and he's skeptical they would change the name. Based on a letter from PETA, a road name change would be handled by the county commissioners as long as the road isn't in Codwell area of impact. Decker said via email, we require a public hearing and we would have to notify all property owners having frontage on the affected road at least 30 days before the public hearing. An application of fee are also required for an unincorporated country road name. There's a whole bunch to it which tells you, go fuck yourself. This is a long-ass article, too. But words mean everything to libs. I threw this in there because it makes sense. Catfight is the sexist term Republicans use when two adult women happen to disagree with each other. The reason they find it so novel and exciting is that because the GOP haven't elected enough women themselves to see that it can, in fact, be a normal occurrence in a functioning democracy. That's AOC. And the whole world said, well, I guess fucking... Megan Kelly, fucking Democrat women. People just spent all day slinging this fucking moon bat. How many times people use catfight? Women use catfight. My wife watches the real housewives of Des Moines, Iowa, just to see catfights. Get over yourself. Then we got this one that was pushed by... Oh, why do I even have to say it anymore? CNN. Two girls are petitioning McDonald's and Burger King to scrap plastic toys and kid meal. Sisters Ella and Caitlin McEwen, 9 and 7, started a petition to call on fast food giants to stop putting plastic toys in their kid meal. The girls say they are spurred to act after they learned in school about the harm that plastic does to wildlife and the environment. Alternate title, Kids Brainwashed by Liberal Progs from California, then get them on TV to push stupid shit. They literally put a picture of a dead turtle on the beach with this article. That was more important than the U.S. Women's National Team boot stomped like a bunch of Nazis. The flag. Yeah. You fucking dolts. Good lord. Then to our weird stuff. Human wearing tetadildonic suits can now have sex with each other on the internet. I... What the fuck, Chuck? The next generation of artificially intelligent cybernetic companions will bring about a Westworld-style future where some people will actively choose robotic partners over real humans. Engineers, experts, scientists, and philosophers gather at the Free University of Brussels this week to discuss how we get from here to there. Daily Star Online recaps here the major talking points from the 4th International Conference of Love and Sex with Robots. Jesus Christ. Italian philosopher Marizo Ballesteri asked whether humans could ever love robots, and if they would, would robots ever be said to love them back? He envisioned a a future generation of sex robots that will look less and less robotic. He said robots also start to imitate the physical appearance of humans in a more convincing manner. Now, 
understand, I never would have caught this article, but they got a picture of a girl in blue panties with her boobies partially shown. That was the header, and my eyes darted over. Which brings us to our next article to show maybe we got some problems. I got three articles in this category. I don't know which one's worse. Wearing suits and humping somebody over the internet, fucking a robot, or e-thought. I don't know who that is. It's some girl. Sells her own bathwater, breaks up relationship. A 20-year-old cosplay influencer with 4 million Instagram followers is selling her own bathwater, causing girlfriends to break up with their boyfriends. The understate of modern masculinity, Belle Delphine, a self-proclaimed gamer girl, makes money by convincing desperate men to give her beta bucks via Patron. In return, she offers little but racy photos of herself dressed up in skimpy outfits as well as premium Snapchat interactions. That is until she began selling small pots of her own bathwater at $30 a pop. While I'm playing in the bath, states the description, this really is bathwater. Disclaimer, this water is not for drinking and should only be used for sentimental purposes. The pots were sold out within two days, but now they're apparently causing relationships to break up. And they found a woman, this was written by a woman, of course, uh, who found this just, oh, you fucking pigs, and da ba 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 and holy fucking shit. Um, they literally found one person who, who lost the relationship because of this e-thought bathwater. But... I, I, I cover it because I really want to know how far have you gotten off the path that A, you want to have sex with robots and you want some person you don't even know's bath water. That's where you've gone. I mean, you, you, you've gone that far out of the realm of normality. And then I go to this article, Top Website Rankings. Now, for those that don't know, most of this is bullshit because Google, people use Google as a startup page, so they're always the number one website in the world, and a lot of people type <clears throat> the web address directly in Google just to go straight there. So this is a list of the top websites in the United States. Google, YouTube, Facebook, Amazon, Yahoo. So those first five make sense to you. A lot of people go to Facebook. Everybody's going to YouTube. Most of the videos in Google, because Google owns YouTube, it just refers you to YouTube. Amazon. I mean, that's self-explanatory. Yahoo surprised me. But then we get into the world of why we have bathwater being sold, sex robots, and tetadelonic suits. I think they're trying to say dildo in there. Pornhub, number six. Xvideos, number seven. XNXX.com, number eight. Then Twitter. Instagram, which is porn, basically. eBay, Reddit, got porn. Wikipedia, Bing, Craigslist, Live.com, never heard of it. Xhamster, porn. Zillow, Netflix. Amp Project, Walmart, Chase, 
Pinterest, which my wife uses a lot, LinkedIn, Fox News, PayPal, Chatterbait, Web, Site of Porn. Uh, I don't see CNN down here anywhere, which is kind of interesting. But, but basically, the majority of the sites are porn. So that's how you get all that stuff in front of you. It's still the top, top websites. And I'm sure the guys that developed the internet never thought that's what it was going to end up being. But anybody who goes back to the beginning of the internet, you got a computer, all you got was pop-ups of porn. I mean, that's all it was in the beginning. I mean, you didn't have a lot of these search engines. Google hadn't worked their shit out yet, so you didn't have, you know, a whole lot of stuff. It's just, wow. Wowzy, wow, wow. To our crazy crime. Southington police man uses jaws of life to pry open Connecticut ATM and steals $300,000. It's the only crazy crime I could find, but think about that for a second. I didn't think they had $300,000 shoved in a fucking ATM. How time I go to ATM, we cannot do that fucking transaction. And most of them are set to two hundred. dollars So, hmm. Found this article, thought it was kind of cool. Best pizza in every U.S. state. I'm just going to go to some states I liked. Alabama, Mattis Greek Pizza Grinders in Anniston. I've eaten there. It was delicious. Alaska, Moose Tooth Pub and Pizzeria in Anchorage. Colorado for Big Sis. Jen, Colorado. Pizza Peddler Inn in Winter Park. Illinois, Pequod's Pizza in Chicago. I disagree. I can't remember the name. The other one was way better. But, you know, Chicago's got the goods on the bottom and the sauce on the top. Nevada, Pizza Rock in Las Vegas. Oregon, Pisano's Wood-Fired Pizza in Bend. And Tennessee, Five Points Pizza in Nashville. Never eaten there. I guess they sent reviewers out and they had a whole criteria. And I'm not going to waste your time with it. To love is all we need, I guess. I don't know how to frame this, but I just thought it was really fucking cool. Newlyweds, 100 and 102, find love after meeting at senior living facility. I thought that was the sweetest thing ever. That's that's pretty fucking cool. And our last story, before we go into some lighter fare, this is fucked up. 57-year-old Texas man was entirely consumed by his own dogs. Story goes, he's got a bunch of dogs. There's 18 of them family ain't seen him for a while. They couldn't get on the property for a while, but they finally got the dogs to chill the fuck out. Couldn't find a piece of him. And the detectives two days later found a part of a bone near dog shit. And he had died, they assume, and they ate him whole. Bones and all because they was hungry. And for me in my house, that's our fucking fear. You know, as as you've heard, it's a fucking zoo up in this bitch. And let's be honest. Someday one of us is going to be the last one standing. And we're going to get eaten by cats, dogs, birds, rhinoceros. Something's going to come and eat us. I don't want to go out that way. I know I'll be dead, but man, that's just not the way to go. To our lighter fare. I had this fantastic, just fantastic video of the horsewoman. It was all over fucking Twitter. And it... Just listen to it for the first... It doesn't talk. It's just her running. She runs like a horse. She loved horses, so she taught herself how to be a horse. And it's some creepy shit. It's like out of a fucking horror movie or an alien movie. It is just fucking crazy. So I can't play it. 
So we're going to go straight into Smithville Jamboree. Those have been the show. I watch it every year on TV. Here we go. With the Wines Recovery for a knee, we couldn't go this year. But um, it was a great, great bluegrass festival. Um, it's just so hometown southern with a small Smithville, Tennessee. And here is a sound bite with the ending. You'll hear the fiddle. That is Ivy Phillips. Once again, she cleaned everybody else's clock. Won the Junior Fiddler, Fiddler, the Best Fiddler Award, and the Overall Fiddling Championship. And, wow, that girl can play a fiddle. chance you're in the nashville area you can watch us on pbs um you can go online look it up on youtube they got a lot of videos and they do have a smithville jamboree facebook page well worth it if you like bluegrass you know i'm a rock guy as you can tell by most of the music we play but sometimes it's just good to have a little banjo and a little fiddle playing it sounds really good which brings us to this is america when I heard this, I wasn't even expl- I just exp- I wasn't surprised. I, nothing phased me. The media didn't give a flying fuck that he said it. Nobody did push back. Chuck Todd and Brian Seltzer didn't come up and go, well, point of order, that's not the case. It just rode. And it's Biden saying Russian interference wouldn't have happened on his watch. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. It's time for the last soundbite. Like the media say when they are pushing fake liberal agenda stories. This is America in 2019. Hey. Used to be 
The first speech stood up. The chancellor, the former chancellor of Germany stands up. She says, we have to go it alone. We can't count on the United States. Why did we set up NATO, Chris? So no one nation could abuse the power in the region, in Europe, that would suck us in in a way they did in World War I and World War II. It's being crushed. Look at what's happening with Putin. While, he, while Putin is trying to undo our elections, he is undoing elections in, in Europe. Look what's happened in Hungary. Look what's happened in, in Poland. Look what's happened in Moldova. Look what's happening. You think that would have happened on my watch or Barack's watch? You can't answer that, but I promise you it wouldn't have. And it didn't. So with North Korea, the idea of reaching out. Did you hear it? Did you hear that? And there wasn't even a blip. There was no blip in there. There was no blip whatsoever. It was just straight up fucking, it wouldn't have happened. And old Chris Cuomo, a journalist, I just air quoted, he just rolls on through with the next question. Well, in the the case of North Korea, he didn't even push back. Now, the media's been playing this game since it all happened, but... You had occasional articles, why didn't Barack Obama do it? And they just go back away from it, that, oh, Trump's a piece of shit. And we're, we are down the road three fucking years. There's no proof, any collusion. There's no proof that there was fucking obstruction. There's no proof of anything. And these two jackalopes just skated off, because that's how it works with democratic politics. When you fuck up, they don't say Democrat. They don't even put a D on the screen. They have excuses. When you're a Republican, there's a sixth degree of separation of everything wrong in the world's your fault. This podcast, we put Trump's killing bumblebees. Fucking bumblebees. And as we've seen with Trump support, the military and a veteran just going crazy and saying his election's 911 all over again. To. The majority of Americans, Democrats, blacks, fucking whatever, want the citizen citizenship question on the fucking census? The media just ignores it. They just fucking ignore it. And you get polls like this. I don't know how I missed this. Obama's the worst president since World War II, poll says. More Americans consider Barack Obama to do the, be the worst president since World War II than they do any other president, according to a new poll. The Quinnipiac poll out Wednesday found that 33% of Americans see Obama as the worst post-war president, while just 8% consider him the best. Another 28% see former President George W. Bush as the worst. Richard Nixon, the only American president ever to resign this great, was picked the worst by 13%, according to the poll. And 45% of Americans think the U.S. would be better off if Mitt Romney had been elected president in 2012, according to the poll. What, 38% think country would be worse off. Ronald Reagan was the most common answer among those surveyed for the best president ever since World War II. With 35% choosing Republican icon, another 18% chose Bill Clinton, and 15% chose John F. Kennedy. The survey of 1,446 registered voters conducted June 24th to 30th had a margin of error of plus or minus 2.6%. The media just ignores what the people think. 
because they're progressives. They know better than you. They're smarter than you. I mean, Chuck Todd doesn't drop college educated around all the time by accident. He is saying those idiots and what the polls are saying are uneducated, inbred, buck tooth, fucking chewing tobacco users in the middle of the country. They don't know any better. We know better. We know that there is truth in global cooling, warming change. We know that these poor transgenders just want to be left alone. And then you have Megan Rapahoe getting up there and acting like a fucking fool. There is so much violence against people of color and gays and lesbians, even though we can't prove any of that shit. There's so much gun violence. There's 800 school shootings, but we link shit to every town. They use BB guns and cap guns and fucking Pop-Tart guns. Steve Scalise sums it up. Joe Biden claims Russia election interference wouldn't have happened on his watch or Obama's watch. Seriously, Joe, it did happen on your watch and Obama's watch. Let's walk down memory lane. Russian interference in American elections happened on Obama and Biden's watch. That's irrefutable. Even CBS News admitted Obama knew about Russian meddling. Has Joe Biden forgotten about how weak the Obama administration was on Russia? Like when Barack Obama himself told Russia after an election to have more flexibility on missile defense when he thought no one could hear him? Did Joe Biden forget about Obama's Secretary of State Hillary Clinton offering a reset with Russia, undermining our national security? Did Joe Biden forget about when he and Obama, along with many other Democrats and the liberal media, mocked Mitt Romney for taking the threat of Russia seriously? Do we remember the 80s are calling your foreign policy? The sad state of affairs is liberals write history. Whether we like it or not, that's how it works. And right now, Brian Seltzer, FBI officials, when the facts presented themselves through investigative journalist work, we moved on it. Jeffrey Epstein case was capitulated into the national news radar by one newspaper, the Miami Herald. That's how he reported that case. Not the fact that people in conservative media have been saying forever that he was a fucking pedophile, that Bill Clinton was linked with it, that Bill Clinton was flying with him and kids. Just this week, since this story broke, boys and girls, every picture of Clinton and Jeffrey Epstein on Google has been scrubbed. It won't come up in the search. I went through six pages. There was a guy that showed before and after. It was search result page one. Now you can't find it. That's our media. And that's why this entire podcast, I'm reporting all this stuff. Not the girl recovering the flag. Not the people that traveled forever to go there. There's nobody interviewing the the mega hat wearer that got called a fucking Nazi. There's nobody interviewing the girl that supposedly tapped him on the chest. There's none of that reporting. We didn't go find those people. They could have found... We had investigative journalists. There's nobody pushing back on Biden saying it. There's nobody saying, Hey, Ilian Omar... You were a fucking refugee, and now you represent a fucking district in America, which happens to be the highest recruiting ground for ISIS, and hates the flag. 
Shouldn't you stop dogging America? That doesn't happen. And there's nobody walking up to Megan Rapahoe and saying, you know, you represented America. And all you did on foreign soil is dog America, Americans, the president, the flag. And by the end of all your fucking shenanigans, you dump stomped with your fucking foot the flag after you swatted it away. Because you weren't representing America. You were representing yourself. That's what you were representing. Megan Rapahoe. There's nobody pushing back on Antifa and saying, No, we're not following your media guidelines. Hey, by the way, you got docs, but you started it. As Rambo says... You drew first blood. You've been doxing ICE, CPB for fucking agents, anybody on Twitter who doesn't bow to you? There's no pushback on that. In a free press in normal Americanville, these guys would be front page news for the violence they've done to people, property, cities. Andy NGO would be a hero because he's the only one that's got the fucking stones to walk into Portland's meetings and report that they call a black police chief a fucking white supremacist and they have fringe Indian dudes in there doing incantations and crazy shit. I'm not demeaning Indians, but that's that one report we did. The guy was doing some crazy shit nobody ever fucking heard of. I mean... If that shit got out and the press did their job, do you think we'd have as much crazy shit? No, because the press would start learning. Yeah, you report that crap, people fucking go, oh, fucking, what is wrong with you? I mean, I think it's what it showed me by the end of all of this. If you went to hashtag MRapapo, Twitter would have top tweets on whatever stupid Twitter moment they brought up today about her taking a dump and having some corn in it. You would see that, and then you go to latest, and you would see the majority of people are, that fucking girl needs to go away. Or that dude chick. There was a lot of dude chick like me. Needs to go away. It's what we live with right now. And I think it's what we forget. There's more of us that love this country, love the flag, and support the direction, if not the man, than there are in the camp of America sucks, we're all racist, xenophobic, transphobes. There's just more of us. We just don't get an audience. We don't get articles of the New York Times and WAPO stumble over themselves and say America sucks, and we don't get on fucking CNN, ABC, NBC, or CBS. You're just not going to get out there. And God knows MSDNC, they ain't done a normal article since fucking after the war started. I used to watch MSNBC. They did good war coverage until that guy died. So, that's why it was our This Is America. It sums up everything. A Democrat can get up there during an election and say whatever the fuck they want. They're not going to get pushback or called out with facts. 
like our show started with Jim Acosta, there were no airports. Everybody knew that, Jim. What the fuck? So this wraps up another episode of Flyover Politics Podcast. Please feel free to share this with family and friends. Send comments about the track or suggestions for segments to F-O-P-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. FOP podcast gmail.com get this show on soundcloud podcast attic tune in radio google play itunes blueberry stitcher and pocket cast there was 180 listens overnight so for all the new listeners i hope you stay with the show use the feedback stuff like going to our facebook page at fop podcast or fop tony reed on twitter and send suggestions for segments you'd like Keep listening. If you get bored with what you're listening to, there's like 350 fucking tracks, I think, online right now. And I don't even have the first 14, which was mono because I couldn't figure out how to get it stereo because it sucked. Our next show is going to be the afternoon. So it'll probably be posted. You'll look for it the 17th of July, year of our Lord, 2019. I got a medical appointment the 12th with the wife, 15th with the wife, and 16th with me. I got to go. Get a bunch of shit done. So, tune back in there. Make sure you stay cool out there. It's hot as freaking Hades down here in the south. It's just miserable. Make sure you disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah yeahs. And tune back in on Tuesday for another exciting episode. As always, thanks for listening. Take care. Thank you for listening to Flyover Politic Podcast. Please check out our Facebook page at FOP Podcast and Twitter account at FOP Podcast. Tony Reed. Remember, it's a short ride. Make every day count.